BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. On in Sports Take, your place to be at high noon. D Gun, B Brooks, R Ellis, Jacob Media, YouTube Network. And gee, did, did um did anything happen last night? I can't. I mean, no. It's kind of a slow night, right? I mean, bro, bro, slowest night I've ever seen. Yeah, about I, 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 I mean, fell asleep. I don't know what happened. Phillies, Sixers, Eagles. I was doing then, dishes. And then the then and then then um today's probably the best day ever because. The Flyers at this point, their season ends today. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't think we'd be mentioning the Flyers a, a, a one minute into the show, a Flyers record. You know, I got to do it, man. I got to talk the blue line, and it's over. This season's over. Oh, thank God. But, man, guys, first off, what what a day and what a fun day we had in general. Like, I, I count myself very lucky to Me do too, what man. we do uh, and blessed. I actually – I wear a bracelet that says get to, and it's a little ni- – it's a nice little reminder to myself yeah. That I get to do this for a living, and yeah. and I and I, yep. I appreciate the fact that I get to do this for a living. And I can't believe you guys listen to me. That's crazy. Wait, what did you say? I see. That's what I'm saying. Well, what did you say? I, I'm, I said I'm you guys asking. listen to me sometimes. Oh, oh, yes. So I, it, I say it all the time, though, Barrett. Since I, I've told you this all the time, it's okay. a blessing to be able to do what we do. And you know, like I said, 
to do it with to do it with you guys. I mean, that's like that's like the it's cherry bonus. on top of the Sunday. It right. is bonus time. That's for sure. Yeah. So so we have a great day yesterday. It started with sports take. We had Ray Didinger on, which always is fun for sure. And you know, Barrett, you get to, to sit next and hang out with Ray Diddy each and every, you know, after each every and every Eagles game. But that was awesome. All the fun that we had from Ocean Resort, uh, Casino Resort, and from uh, Top Swing Golf, Derek, yesterday in Atlantic City. I, I tell everybody, stop out, man. It is spectacular. Our rooms were spectacular. The oh, food was spectacular. The service. you know, And kudos to everybody who stopped out, man. And I don't yep. just mean the folks. And, and I, I give props and love to the folks who took the luxury you know, bus down there for us. But there were a ton of people there. Yep. for our live show man and we blew it out of the water man we had a band we had a full blown show man buffet the whole, crew, buffet. buffet the whole thing man it was just spectacular and and props to everybody involved man last night it was it was wild we we did we did about seven hours of shows oh show my goodness gunner i know barrett you were cracking at nbc sports philadelphia but you know Rockin'. what uh, yeah, and I, I used the wrong word. I, I think I, I meant, did I mention work? It wasn't work. It was fun. right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was fun. And and these are the kind of days you love. You love to be able to react to this kind of stuff. You love to be able to talk about it because look, we were, we were fed a big content sandwich yesterday, guys. And it was absolutely tasty. It hit the spot. <laughs> so let's, let's dive into this thing first. Barrett, your surprise level, you know, I, I let me backtrack to Wednesday. We came on the air Wednesday for Sports Take. And the first thing I said to you guys is, here's what we do know. None of us know exactly know. how he's going to do. Like, we you know, know he's aggressive and yep. you know he's unpredictable, right? And that was exactly the way last night played out. First, the trade up because they sensed that Baltimore was going to pounce on Jordan Davis. They move up. They get in front of him. They take him there at 13. And just when you're kind of dusting yourself off and catching your breath and analyzing yep. that move, not too much longer after that, here comes AJ Brown, like with a it's like a roundhouse right. You're like, whoa. And props, by the way, Barrett, I know you didn't get a chance to hear this, but when once the Eagles made the made the trade, they got Jordan Davis, and once we were getting close, we heard that there may be something in the offing. Derek nailed it. He said, I guarantee when, when they made the trade up to get Jordan Davis, he said, This will be the pick. He nailed it about 15 minutes before the Eagles actually made the pick, before anybody was reporting it. So kudos to D-Gun uh, on that one, as always. But then we get, the, we get the A.J. Brown thing, and, man, all of a sudden, that night just got flipped on its ear last night, man. No question. You know, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm on air with, um, with, with Ray, and we're, we're talking it out. And, um, you know, just for them, you know, we were going to be on for five minutes before their pick, you know, waiting for them to pick. And then, you know, probably about five or 10 minutes afterwards. And I'm talking to Ray during that time period. And it, it was like, what, 13. And we talked about um, Eagles are traded. I'm like, Oh man. So we had to run into the, um, the edit base. So I'm sitting in the edit yeah. base, getting ready. We're talking it out and say, yeah, they're trading up. And I said, who do you think uh, the Eagles are looking at? And, you know, I, 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 this is my prediction. I was, I was totally wrong. My I said, look, you know, I see, you know, Jermaine Johnson sitting there, and I see Kyle Hamilton sitting there. It was, you know, it, it was just over my head that that they were talking Jordan Davis because I thought Jordan Davis was a guy. He looked like he could be, you know, all world, but can he keep his weight down? Can he be more than just a a, a, a two down player? And lo and behold, from out of nowhere, Jordan Davis and, and Ray predicted. Ray said, "Well, I, 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 you know, those two players would be franchise changing players, but I really think that the the Eagles are interested in getting Davis." And this is why I'm talking about Davis. Davis can really fit the defense that 
um, Gannon wants to run. You know, Fletcher talked about, all right, it's really not conducive to my skill set. He wants guys to stay in their gap and be gap disciplined. When I'm a guy that wants to one gap, get up the field and create havoc. Yep. And I thought to myself, if you look at Gannon in his defense, a, a lot of the reason why Jannard Avery had so much run last year is because he was that hybrid guy um, that, that was a rusher slash uh, linebacker. And that's exactly what they went out and got, you know, uh, with, you know, with, with, with free agency. Mm-hmm. And then they have now have a guy in the middle of that defense who could not just play the one technique or the three technique, but he can actually play a head up zero technique, a one that puts you right in line to going out there and playing a, a, a three, a three, three defense, you know, three linebackers, three mm-hmm. linemen. Now you got Fletcher Cox and, and whoever on the, um on the edges, I mean, that the, you know, rushing the passer there. Then you have a guy on the outside being able to rush. And it yeah. looks like they're blitzing, but they're not blitzing. They're, they're sending four guys, but it actually looks like a blitz to the defense, I mean, to the offense. So this fits exactly what Gannon wants to do, exactly what he wants to do. Yeah, I mean, you think about that, and we, we went over some of this last night, Dion, but you, but you look at the, the way this is going to work. And, and Barrett, you can speak to this as an offensive lineman better than anybody else, but you throw Davis in there at the nose, and you, you could surround him with Fletcher Cox and Hargrave and then start working your way out here uh, with whether it's Brandon Graham, whether it's sweat, wherever you want to, however you want to use Reddick. I mean, all of a sudden now a team that was the second worst team in the NFL in sacks, the, the amount of pressure that you're going to get from that crew up front could be lethal. Not to mention you're working in Milton Williams, not to mention it's probably the last year for Fletcher Cox and Javon Hargrave. And you're ushering in sort of the new era with Williams and now Davis, it, there's a lot of reasons to like this move, man. Here's the two things um, that, that I take away from this. Number one, you know, we talked about and Barrett brought up about Jordan Davis's uh, deficiency to, of, of taking plays off at times. You know, he wasn't as dominant as he should have been. And maybe that's because of the arsenal of people around him. Um, he felt maybe, you know, he didn't have to be as lethal as he could, but you know, you, you're going to have to control his weight. Number one, you know, you got to keep his weight around that 330 range. Now, he said he lost like 20 pounds before the draft. So you're going to have the Eagles, Eagles nutritionists and the training staff are going to have to keep an, an eye on his weight. Number two, who better to learn the D-tackle position from than proven commodities like Fletcher Cox and Javon Hargrave, two guys who have been pro bowlers, okay? Now, when you couple in Milton Williams, all right, I believe that this is going to be the last year for, for Fletcher or Javon, Javon or both. could be the last year. They're both in the last years of their contracts. This could be the last years of them being in an Eagles uniform. So the youth movement will be ready. You know, Milton already has that one year of experience, and he played well, especially the second half of the season. Now you've got this kid coming in who's 6'6", 340, you know, and, you know, you got some fresh legs, and he doesn't have – there's pressure on him because he's a first round pick, but the pressure comes off of him because he's got two guys in front of him making big money. Pro uh, bowlers. So, pro bowlers, two pro bowlers yep. in front of him. So, you know, when people look at him, you have expectations of him, but they're not magnified as much as they would be had there been nobody I in front know. of him. And he was going to be plugged right in as your immediate starter, because that's not going to be the case. All that did was enhance that D tackle rotation, which will make all of these guys that much fresher in the fourth quarter. No now, question. I'm going to say back. this too. Uh, Rob, uh, D gun. 
if you look up Bruce Smith's story, and if if I was them, I would tell them, have this guy look up Bruce Smith and the dominant player that he became when he, when he lost all the weight. He had blew up, got up to 300 pounds. He was comfortable playing actually around 270, 265, 270, 275, the, the, the heaviest. He was more explosive then. Now, leaving Virginia Tech, he used to get on a treadmill or one of those walkers and go for like an hour at a time just so he can get down. And it it made, it made him a dominant player. If they're smart, they're going to go in. I would have them look up, uh, you know, that whole story on how Bruce Smith became the Bruce Smith that we know from Buffalo, man. And, and, and it was perfect uh, a perfect analysis for him to see what tired player he can be if he lost the weight. Number two, looking at him, and Jordan Davis understands, I, you know, just, just researching this kid, looking at this kid. He's a mama's boy that listens to his mom. His mom's going to say lose weight, he's going to lose the weight. And and this is this is why I feel comfortable with having him on the team is because he actually lost weight going into the playoffs, going into that time where you get a little time in between right. when school's out and you're going into the, pro, uh, the, the bowl season. He actually cut like 15, 20 pounds going into then because he had blown up over two, 350 when he was playing there towards the end of the season. So he started to lose weight even then and became a more dominant player after that when he started losing weight. So he has seen the results of him being at a smaller weight, how dominant he can be towards the end of the season when, you know, everybody was counting on him when they went to win that championship. We mm. just brought a national champion into the fold. Yeah, I mean, I mean you, go ahead, Barry. Finish I off. mean, that's what it is. I mean, a national champion to, into the fold right now. Yeah, well said. I mean, you look at it, it it's an interesting thing because you're going to look at the numbers and you're going to be a little bit underwhelmed, right? right I mean, we right. talked about this yesterday. The, the sack total, seven and four seasons. Keep in mind, he's a defensive tackle. Yep. Seven and four seasons at Georgia. Only played 38% of the snaps at Georgia last year as a senior. 2021, 32 tackles, five tackles for losses, two sacks, 14 games. But there's a couple things to keep in mind. One, he's a defensive tackle, which means the sack numbers aren't going to be crazy. Two, he's playing on a Georgia defense that's loaded, that the, the defensive coordinator and the head coach are rotating guys in to get guys touches. Three, they're up in games at times where he's going to be out of there. Now, do I think he's going to be in or in the beginning of his career and on every passing down? No, I, I don't. He's going to be the guy who stuffs the run, who, who occupies two blockers and lets everybody else do their thing. But that none of those things mean to me he can't get after the quarterback. He can't at some point become a three-down defensive lineman. I, I think it's it's going to be a maturation process. Barrett, you're right. He's got to be able to take care of his weight. That's on him. There's no excuse as far as that goes. He's got to he's got to keep up with that. Apparently, he saw the light at the end of the season, and yep. and he carried that over to the combine. So maybe he's grown up a little bit. Maybe when he was 19, he wasn't real mature about this. But maybe he's a little bit more dialed in. When you look at his when you look at his bio, one thing we have to keep an eye on, and I'm sure people are going to play this up. He loves the candy Swedish fish. Oh, jeez. That's that's not good for a guy that size. <laughs> so they're gonna have to keep an eye on that. You know, he he's a connoisseur of Swedish fish. Now I like mm. Swedish fish every now and then, you know, but um he they, they have a great nutrition team. They have a great I don't know if you've ever eaten in a, a cafeteria, Rob. It's I know amazing. I know Barrett had, but I their have. food, their yeah. food is really good. And it they, you know, Tim Tim is a, the head chef there and they do a great job of providing the salads, the fruits. And all this stuff for these smoothies, players. yeah, smoothies, all these you know protein smoothies and stuff like that. So you know, once they get them on a diet plan, you know, and if they get them in a white the right um, weight training program, you know, um, this kid, whew, 
sky's the limits for what he's capable of doing for this team. Yeah, it's it's a big time move. It, look, it, they hey, uh, we, we talk. Hi, Mister hey, Brooks. Yeah, uh, hey, Mrs. Brooks. Snuck it in there. Happy always, Friday. Always, always good to uh, to hang out with her and have her hang out with us. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, we mentioned this yesterday. Howie reads the room very well. For for what they they go into it, we like X, Y, and Z. And hey, if X and Y are gone and Z still there, and you think a team picking two spots ahead of you, for example, is going to grab Z, they make a move. And they go up, they get Jordan Davis, they get the guy that they wanted. They always put a premium on defensive line. That's that's one of the consistency, you know, linebacker, whatever. They go up and they get him. And now all of a sudden, you think about the, what, what Jordan Davis brings with a guy who got double-digit sacks the last two years and Hassan Reddick. Yes, there are still holes. Nobody's going to deny that. They also make a move and get Kassir White. This is where you start looking at the secondary, I think, here. Uh, and tonight we'll you get into to. tonight. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get to, into yeah. tonight in, in a little bit, and you know, free agents that are still available. But it's not a complete project right now. But when you look at the totality of just last night, you upgraded your defense in a big way with mm-hmm. a with a freakish athletic. I mean, you talk to anybody going into this draft, the, the most freaky athlete is Jordan Davis of anybody. Mm-hmm. And then, which you know, we're going to really dig into is the AJ Brown move, and, and they go out and they get a legitimate compliment with Devontae Smith now, which to me is a total game changer for Jalen Hurts to go out and get an established, I think, star receiver in A.J. Brown. Well, this has been in the works. You know, Howie said last night, you know, it took him 15 minutes to do the deal. No, yeah, appreciate that, uh, Frank. It took, it was, this is probably like a, a, a week and a half process, you know what I mean? Why would Jalen Hurst be having a catch with 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 Brown, you know, and and you know, being as public as it was yeah. Smith, you know, knowing about this, um, you know, just just putting things. And thanks a lot, I appreciate it. You know, a uh, Stu Vision, you know, a lot of love, a lot of love for Mama Brooks. We love it, I, and I really, I'm, I'm, you know, really, I appreciate everyone, you know, taking taking on my mom. You know, I really appreciate that. Um, but when you look at it, this has been in the works for a couple of weeks and for Howie to be as confident as he was that he was going to get the job done to get the deal done. You could tell in this, you could tell he was a little bit arrogant in how he approached the draft. Remember everything he talked about for the draft. You know, we, we got some irons in the fire. You know, we, we know what we're going to do. We know the direction we're going to go. We know the needs that we have. And he was somewhat, you know, kind of cocky, you know what I'm saying? And, and, you know, his approach to this draft, he said, don't worry about it. I got this. Well, evidently he did, and we saw what he did. Um, yes, Kyle Hamilton was sitting right there. Uh, you know, and I mean, and remember I told you about my boy, Quay Quay Walker. I told you he was I thought first he was linebacker the, taken off. He the was board. the first one taken. I told yeah. he was he was no, a dreamer. You nailed it. But no. this is a great situation for this team. Although they only have four picks left in this draft, yep. they're going to have to go to free agency. They're going to have to. No go question. To There's no question. Um, when 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 you look at them going out to get an A.J. Brown, if you guys remember, I told you yesterday, I said, I guarantee you how he's been on the phone for weeks trying to make a make a deal of some kind. Now, over the last seven drafts, including last night, the first round, how he has now made moves in four of the last seven. He dropped out once and stayed pat twice. The fact that you get an A.J. Brown, especially when you look at the way the board fell, when they had a run of receivers, Garrett Wilson, Chris, you know, Olave, Olave. And How about Drake sudden, London being the first? first. I still don't understand that's that. That's a terrible draft. I don't get that one. I don't what get is Atlanta that. doing? Well, I mean, come on. But but you go out and you get an A.J. Brown who's 
24 years old. He's right there. He's the age of the Eagles' young nucleus of receivers. Yep. Devontae Smith, Quez Watkins, John Hightower. And who better to mentor these young receivers than somebody who is of their age, who thinks like them, who understands their language. And the biggest motivator for these young guys is now that this 24-year-old guy who's coming in, who's already proven himself, has a $100 million contract coming in as well. Those guys have to be thinking, AJ, what do I need to do to get $100 million someday? I don't know. That's motivation in itself. I mean, you know, players talk about they play for the love of the game. Bottom line is, your career is short-lived. You're playing for as much money as you can get in a short period of time. Who better to talk to about how to go about your business to get it? The work, work ethic, not just in the games, not just on the practice field during a season, but conditioning off off season as well, keeping your nose clean, staying out of trouble, you know, so so you, you make yourself more marketable for an organization. That was a perfect get. You got a guy who right now who's better than any receiver that was taken in the first round. He's these, are, these are unproven commodities. We think they're Bird going to, to be good receivers mm-hmm. in the National Football League. You don't know for sure because you're going to have a few busts as well. Yeah. This guy's already done it for a few mm-hmm. years. He's been a thousand yard receiver. Yeah. So he's done it. So these guys sh- definitely should be gravitating towards him if they want if they want to enhance their game and to enhance their financial status. What I this, keep uh, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, back. Go ahead. Oh, uh, how about this? This is real quick. How about he was under the tutelage for Julio Jones for a year? Absolutely. Yeah. No. One of, the, one of the best that ever did it. I can't get past what this means for Devontae Smith to be able to take the top off of this. No, no, no. Yep. I, I mean, the, yep. the, he A.J. Brown is so good underneath. He's so good yards after catch. He's so good at contested passes. Yep. And you're going to have to occupy and, and, and know where he is underneath. Now, all of a sudden, man, this is where we're really going to see, like, peak – Devontae Smith, Alabama guy, you know, or the last two years of his career there. I'm telling you, this is just going to open things up for him in a crazy way. Don't start me, man. Don't start me on what it does to this offense on, on how this really enhances, not just Smith on the other side. We're talking about the slot receiver, uh, uh, the new slot receiver, the dog mentality slot receiver. What's his name? Um, Pascal. 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 You know, Pascal, yeah. you know, what it's going to do for him. But what? imagine what it's going to do for the run game. We're now – you got to make a decision. You got to make a business decision as a defensive coordinator. Do you stop the pass when you have a guy like AJ Brown who can get open, who uses his body, who took over uh, the, in the playoff game and had over 100 yards in the playoff game, or do you go out and and and, and get the slim assassin or whatever they call Smith? You know, <laughs> get, get him Slim Reaper. Then, slim Reaper. That's the name. Slim Reaper. <laughs> Then you have Dallas Goddard sitting there in the middle of the offense. Yeah. And then, oh, by the way, you can run the rock with one of the best offensive lines in the league yeah. and, 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 and a, with a quarterback that's you know, virtually a, a weapon, a running back, a, you know, in itself. And plus, I'm telling people right now, don't lose your faith on Jalen Hurts. I know everybody wants him out of here, but Jalen Hurts is going to show a lot of people. All right, I told you so. Don't get on my bandwagon now. You got to stay on the outskirts and let me still be this guy that everybody doesn't want while I go in and become one of the better quarterbacks in the league. Watch well, here's, here's the way I look at it, Derek. And, and it, it's funny. We had this discussion last night with Seth, and Seth kind of takes umbrage with it when I when I phrase it this way. But it's not even meant to be a knock at Jalen Hurts. But there isn't any more excuses. Like, we, we, we got None. to the last year, and 
to Jalen's defense, he didn't have enough, man. He didn't no. have enough on the outside. And that would apply to any quarterback, would need more help than that. So it's Even not Brady a, would have had a problem. Yeah, it's not a knock on Jalen. He didn't have enough. But now, all of a sudden, this looks like a much more balanced offense with all the reasons Barrett just laid out with the running attack and Goddard and all that, and guys on the outside now. So if he, if he looks mediocre or less than mediocre, then we know it's time to move on. It's a pretty simple equation. That's not hating in any way, shape, or form on Jalen Hurts. I'm very much in the camp of he deserves this year. Let's see what he's got. And I'm glad now he won't be going in with one arm tied behind his back. Like yep. he had last year, it's it's there for you to take. This this should also uh, get a lot of people on Jalen's back about his arm deficiency, his deep ball deficiency, because you have a trio of receivers now. You can kill people in the intermediate game. You know, yes. you take your you take your deep shots to loosen up a defense yet, but but you don't have to with these guys. You know, you look at the way Nick Sirianni ran a lot of his offense last year. A lot of those bubble screens, hitch passes, jet sweeps, AJ Brown. Devontae Smith, mm-hmm. Quez Watkins, you can run them things all day to either side of the field now, you know, to loosen up a defense. So how's Quez gonna be? Think about yeah. Quez, D Gun. Think yeah. about the, yeah. the way this office shoulders of being a number two wide receiver. He's the number four wide receiver now. Yeah. The number four yeah. wide receiver yeah. now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which means you a know? guy like Jalen Rager, you know what? Your days may be numbered, my friend. Bye-bye. They may be <laughs> they may be numbered. Yeah. Well, now, a- he might beat out Greg yeah. Ward. As the number five receiver, only because he yes. was a first round draft pick. Eric, I and like how he might try to save face. You just turn the heat up on him even more. Yes, like, you like, did. Like, like yeah, you, you want to be on this team, man? Guess what? You got real competition now. You're not yeah, just going to be handed the job. Those days are done where you were just given the job because of your draft status and where you were taken. That's the way it should be. I, I give credit to the Eagles where they're not going to try and force feed this another year and just give him a position that he doesn't deserve. So, and, and look, God bless him if he, if he takes it back and he right. shows you why he was taken there. Good. Rob, Good problem so, to have. So, so um, along the lines of what I was thinking, where they knew that this trade was going to happen with A.J. Brown with all the rumors and everything, um, number one, why would they move, uh, you know, AJ, I mean, JJ, JJ. To, to tight end right. last week? Yes. Why yeah. would they do yeah. that? Because they knew yeah. they were going to do this, number one. Yeah. Number two, look how easy the Eagles got off in, 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 in trading for a guy that would have commanded, uh, you know, the same amount of money that, you know, along the lines of what the Cheetah was going to be making. You I mean, we're yep. talking about 120, yep. you know, I mean, he would have been commanding a lot of money. And I, I just sent you guys, um, I just sent you the guys um, with, you know, a, a text about, what the contract might look like. You know, remember Teron right. Davenport, one of our guys, you know. Yeah, Teron, great dude. Oh, yeah. He, he covers the Titans for, for ESPN. So, yeah, he tweets out. I guess, was this from Schefter originally? I think it was from Schefter uh, originally, maybe, Barrett. But A.J. Okay, AJ Brown told Teron Davenport that the Titans offer topped at $16 million, okay, with incentives that would have driven the deal up to twenty in that range. At 24, he was entering the final year of his deal. He'd be paid $4 million in 2022. The Eagles gave him four years. 100 including 57 guaranteed so the quote from brown is quote this wasn't my fault he told espn quote i wanted to stay but the deal they offered was a low offer the deal they offered wasn't even 20 million a year unquote yeah yeah no barrett you're right i mean that that's the thing that's really what this came down to look we we talked about this the last two weeks there are plenty of guys and he's in that category where he was he was a second round pick so he's got you know a bit of a lower number when he came out in 2019, but uh, you know, McLaren and Metcalf and a couple of those other guys, they're not happy with their deals either. So, no, no. you know, and, and the Eagles pounce Barrett, you're right. You don't negotiate a uh, hundred million dollar deal with 57 guaranteed on the fly 
and get it done in, in, in 10 minutes when you're on the clock last night. This was done already. It was, I think, a matter of coming to financial terms. Howie talked about it last night a little bit. He said the challenge was, on one hand, I'm trying to negotiate that deal. On the other hand, I'm trying to make moves to get up there and get Jordan Davis. I mean, that's a, that's, there's a lot going on there. You know, we all sit back and kind of laugh at the war room and all that. But that's a lot of that's a lot of pressure, man. Well, guys, let me uh, let me take this. Let me let me catch this phone call real fast. I'm, I think I'm gonna try to get uh, Teron on. Um, I'm gonna try to get him on. Yeah, see if you can talk about it. See if you can hop on with us at uh, at twelve thirty. Twelve thirty. See if you can get him. Yeah, just just mute mute yourself, Barrett. Well, Barrett, right. Derek, and I'll talk in the meantime. Yeah. But but Derek, that's the thing, man. I mean, we were you and I were sitting there last night as this is unfolding and. You know, it's it's like the wheels start in motion, and you start thinking about what what this move, what the offshoot of this is, what the offshoot of that is. Right. And yeah, I was I was looking at some odds, not to get into whole whole gambling thing, but I thought this was interesting. I'll run this past you. So after the the moves that the Eagles made last night, there was a jump here, you know, from where they were thought of initially uh, in the in the rankings here, you know, to 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 win the NFC East and, and whatever, the, whatever it may be. So the way that they jumped, if I could find it here in all my 6,000 notes that I have. Uh, oh, we got Barrett back. Go ahead, Barrett. What's the, yeah. What's so the, uh, he's going to be on in 15 minutes. I got him. I'm going to send him a stream yard. I'm going to send him a stream yard. Uh, yeah, send, yeah. Make sure Xander's all good, but we will be happy yeah. to have him. I love to run. He did a great job. You know, you know how he also said last night, this deal yeah. with AJ Brown could only be consummated if they could agree upon the contract. That was huge. Yeah. You know, and, you know, now that you find out the numbers Tennessee was offering him compared to what the Eagles were, that was a slam dunk. No doubt. You know, and Howie, of all people, who's one of the best in the business at moving numbers around, you know, we kept talking about how they were kind of, you know, handcuffed by the cap. All of a sudden, he he found $100 million to be able to give this kid $57 million guaranteed. Yeah. So, you know, we, again, you know, we, we beat up Howie for a lot of different things, but you got to give props where props is due. You know, that was a that was a heist what he basically did. Now he gave up a lot of draft capital. Mm -hmm. They went into the draft with uh what 10 picks, 11 picks, and they only have four picks left. They have, you know, they made one they made one pick in the first round, so they have four left. So depleting or should I say restocking the roster with youth is not gonna happen this year. But you got frontline players that can help your quarterback Amen. now, help your out of offense right now, and hopefully take the, the overall team to a whole nother level. You know, you still got to you, – you have to address that cornerback position and that safety position, no doubt. And, and that's why I said last night on the show, on our draft show, that you can't address that position immediately through the draft. You've got to go out and spend some more money and get a temporary fix at both positions. Yeah. I mean, you really do. You're going to have to go out and get a low-tier low veteran who's sitting out there anxious, waiting to get back in the game, waiting to get relevant, who might have, you know, turned up his nose at – at a two-year deal three mm -hmm. weeks ago, right? He's going to be happy to take a one-year deal, a prove-it contract like a Steve Nelson, yeah, just to, just to stay relevant and hopefully get his numbers up in 2023. Yeah, you play the long game, right? And yeah. Eagles yeah. are, are yep. accustomed to doing that. All right, here are the odds. I found them after digging through my mounds of notes here. So the Eagles Super Bowl odds went from 50 to one to 40 to one. Okay, to win it. Okay, okay. The odds to win the NFC went from 20 to one to 18 to one, mm. and the odds to win the NFC East you know, for them it dropped dramatically from what they were. So, right. you know, the Vegas is paying attention is my point. And, you know, and you look at the division and, and I, I actually thought the giants had a, had a decent uh, draft. Right. We'll get right. into what some other teams did or whatever, but 
I still don't like the Giants enough to believe in them. I don't like Washington no. enough to believe in them. No. And we all know the Cowboys' shortcomings are the head coach and an owner who can't get out of his own way. So, you know, now all of a sudden, it, with, with a pretty favorable schedule again, which the Eagles have, this thing looks pretty doable. I, I think a lot changed in one night. Like, I, if, you, if we were sitting here, guys, and it was, you know, 1230 yesterday, and I said to you, they're going to come away with Jordan Davis and A.J. Brown. <laughs> You're not going to gamble on any of the receivers coming out on the draft. You're going to get a guy yeah. who's established and proven. You know, and by the way, his numbers were down last year, A.J. Brown. He missed, what, three games, four games with a chest injury. Yeah. Had he yeah. played yeah. in those games, exactly. he's over 1,000 again. Every year in his career, he would have been over 1,000 yards his first three years. Hey, um, so we have Kaplan at one o'clock. So should we yep. push – should we push uh, – let me see if I can push Duran to uh, – uh, another time. We're, you want to go? 12? Well, we, we have Jeff McLean at two o'clock. Yeah, two twelve thirty is good. We, we can break right. Yeah, we, we if you can do it, or Barrett we can do or Barrett two thirty. Either one of those times would be great yeah. for Toronto. Yep. Either one, but yeah, I mean that's that's really what you look at and what the impact of this is, Gunner. And I'll, 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 any day of the week, I will take proven over unproven. No question. You know, and, and no you're, you're you're in a spot now where again, all that the other part of this is. The excuses aren't there for Jalen Hurts. They're also not there for Nick Sirianni. Like, to his credit last year, he adjusted and went to a running attack. And I think it was the right thing for that team to do. We know he didn't want to do that. We know the organization doesn't want to do that. But now he can be himself more. He can he can run the kind of offense that he wants to run with some of the personnel that he has there. I don't think Jalen Hurts will be a complete product in 2022. He still has a learning curve. I mean, he's only been a starter for one year in the National Football League. But his game should be improved significantly in 2022, especially now adding an A.J. Brown to the arsenal as well. Um, Is he going to have some rough patches? Yes, he is. He's still going to have some growing pains, no question about that. He's not going to get many reps when he comes to the preseason, you know. You, you you look at you look at a lot of teams now. They they're not even playing their front line no. players in the preseason anymore. Nope. The Eagles are not the only play. one. Yeah, that's yeah, everybody across the. You know. There's some exceptions, Belichick, whatever, but most oh, yeah. teams don't now. Yeah, right. But, right, I, right. You know, I'm, I'm not letting Hurts play because he is a smallish quarterback. I'm not letting him play much in a preseason. So mm-hmm. you're really not going to see what he can he's capable of doing until he hit the ground running in September. It has always just boggled my mind for years that when it comes to getting proven over unproven players. The New England Patriots wrote the book on this for more than a decade in terms of they told everybody, we don't care about draft picks. We'll go out and get somebody else's player, plug and play. And they, they, that's why they were so consistent for over 15 years in terms of always being a Super Bowl contender and winning seven Super Bowls in the Tom Brady era. Mm-hmm. You know, you saw the Rams finally do it last year. They gave up. Well, they got all the draft capital they gave up to get what they needed to get. It got them over the hump. Yep. I'm just surprised more, more teams haven't, you know, really taking that approach. If you want to win or get close to winning a Super Bowl sooner, mm-hmm. forget the draft picks. You know, it looks nice on paper, but you really don't know how many of these guys are going to pan out. If you can afford it financially, you know, like the Rams did. They went out one year. They got their cornerback, shut down corner in Jalen Ramsey. Then they go out and they get an Odell Beckham Jr. to complement the wide receiving core. That wide receiving core was lethal Oof. even without, you know, in, you know, you look at when OJ wasn't there, and um, he gets hurt in the Super Bowl. Well, Robert Woods got hurt, Beckham got hurt, got hurt, and you still survived it. And you still can stop Cooper Cup of right. all people, right? Bro, see, bro so but it, see, only thing is, D Gun. Right now, we're giving Howard the praise, and 
bro, he still got his work cut out for him because it's a there's so many huge holes that are on this team, especially no the secondary. No right question. Good, good segue, Barrett. Let, let's tackle a little bit of that when we get back. They they are picking tonight at 51, and we do know that there's some holes. Let's dive into some guys. There's some pretty good players still on the board, man. Yeah. They, they, they could be Dean look the stream. Dean's still there. Booth, no question. Booth, others. Yeah. No so question. could there be more aggression tonight with Howie moving up? Well, let's dive into that. Uh, we're going to be joined uh, by Adam Kaplan at 1 o'clock. Can't wait to talk to Adam. Jeff McLean, who was on with us a couple of days ago leading up to the draft, is going to give his review of what the Eagles did. That'll be at 2 o'clock. Oh, Teron will be on when we come back. And Teron Davenport from ESPN.com, okay. who covers the Titans, gives us a lot of insight here on the A.J. Brown thing when we get back. Don't go anywhere. Hey, by the way, smash that like button. I want to crush it today. I see everybody on the stream. I see everybody in the comment sections. We love you guys. We appreciate the support. Let's keep it rolling. But tell a friend and smash the like button because we're going to destroy it today. All right? We will do that when we get back. We are Sports Take. That's the gun That's Barrett Brooks. I'm Rob Ellis. We'll come back with Teron Davenport on Jacob Media YouTube Network. Go for the midnight tears. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. All right, did you know I was the Mommy Slam Dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really. Don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to Reddit, go to look, fake a mom. Mama, go. Oh, mama! She did it. Again, you can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh huh. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. The following is a real testimonial from the father of a young injured victim. I didn't think she was going to make it. Major Perry's daughter was the victim of a horrific accident caused by someone else's negligence. If you don't find the right counselor, law firm that you're looking for, you will get lost in the wilderness. Badly injured? Call the Fritz and Bianculli Law Firm at 215-458-2222 and find out why they say, we got this. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that.
Welcome back in, everybody. Derek Brooks, Derek Gunn, Rob Ellis, Sports Take, Jacob Media YouTube Network. We appreciate everybody on the stream, everybody listening to us, and everybody in the comment section. We will continue to run through the best comments throughout the course of the show. Joining us now does a phenomenal job on ESPN.com. Hey, hey, hey. Tennessee Titans, our old friend, Teron Davenport. What's up, Teron? How you doing, man? Hey, what's going on? This is like old time. Yeah, yeah, man. <laughs> Good to hear from you. With, yeah. with each of you, I got my OG, got my night, my my, my uh, breakfast on broad partner, right. and I got right. my up TDI grew us, you know, he, he left us, went to ESPN. That's what he does, man. That's right. Uh, uh, yeah, he just kept moving, hey, man. He's climbing. He's hey, look, at, look, look, at the, look at the scenery behind him. He's got the arch behind him. His he went big time on us real quick. <laughs> Listen, no, I, I kept my love for Philly, though. Look at this right here. Look at this. There it is. What? What? Yes. Yeah, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Look at Kept you. my love. I got to represent from where, where it started. Love it. Love it, man. All right, Teron. Well, listen, it was, as you can imagine, on our end, pretty wild last night. I'm sure it made for a very busy night for you as well. There's no doubt yeah. about that. But uh, let, let's start with A.J. Brown and him and ending up being here. Look, this is a guy who was very productive his first three years there. We know there was the injury last year to the chest. Some drops, which we'll get into. Um yeah. He wasn't real happy with his contract situation. He made it you know, very clear to you uh, that, look, that number wasn't where it needed to be from the Titans. They seemed like they didn't want to part with him, but ultimately right. it's business and they make the move. Just just kind of lay out how this got to this point where he ended up being an Eagle. So there was a report that came out that he wasn't going to take part in any on-field activities. Adam Schefter released that report. I followed up with some of the people in AJ's camp and it went even further than that. He wasn't going to take part in anything. Mm -hmm. It wasn't just on field. He wasn't going to be in the building. And it all started really because that Christian Kirk deal, that kind of set the tone yep. for, for these yeah. wide receivers. And the Jaguars, the four-year, $72 million, That set the – now you got Stephon Diggs getting his deal, Devontae Adams getting his, Tyreek Hill getting his. Mm. Now, when free agency first started, you had Chris Godwin, you had Mike Williams. These guys, you know, three years, $60 million. They have the same agent, Tory Dandy, as AJ did. But a week later, that, that Kirk one happened, and then everything just went up. Mm -hmm. So AJ is entering the final year uh, of his contract. He was set to, to make uh, $4.5 million a year. That's, you know, you're, you're seeing other guys – that you know are in the same neighborhood as you get 20 plus million a year 18 to 20 is like all right I need to be paid too now mind you he said you know he wasn't going to report and then it got to this whole time now they have been talking about contracts and, and, and the deal dating back to the combine in, in March so this wasn't something that just out of the blue happened they have been working on it they couldn't get to what they thought would be, you know, the exact terms. So John Robinson, the GM, said he wanted to pull back and not deal with that until after free agency and the draft. But then when AJ talked about holding out, now all of a sudden the move 
the urgency was rushed to basically to uh, yesterday being the deadline. So that's what happened uh, over the last week or so. They were back and forth. They wanted to go in incentives up to $20 million per. AJ wanted 22 And here we are. You know, and the Eagles, like the Jets and other teams, were monitoring the situation. They saw an opportunity. They pounced. And they, they made the offer. And it was perfect for the Titans because they were able to get Traylon Burks, who was yeah. like – they consider him AJ Brown 2.0. He's a similar player. We could talk about him if you would like, but yep. you know, it's just typical NFL. They got younger and cheaper. Hey, Teron, you know, give me give me some insight on what uh, AJ is like, not as a football player, but just as a locker room guy, a character guy. Man, listen, AJ is awesome. It, you know, you guys remember how you you know I got really close with Aguilar. Yeah, I, I had the same relationship with AJ. Um, He's a guy that when he enters the room, it just brightens. You'll see at the presser, you know, his smile. Like, it's one of those smiles. You got to smile back. You know what I mean? Um, as far as the locker room, you look at some of Mason Kinsey, one of the uh, – he was an undrafted free agent, one of the receivers. He just posted on Twitter. He said, you were always uplifting and, and willing to help. I always appreciate you. That's kind of paraphrasing, but – he had a very good relationship with with everyone. Defensive guys love him. Uh, you know, obviously everybody on, on the offense loved him. The coaching staff loved him. And he was a guy that you, you'll see him in practice, you know, dancing and doing things to keep. There was a difference when he was on the field in practice and when he wasn't. Practice was mm -hmm. a lot more lively. And I'm talking about like training camp, you know, where you're getting to see the whole practice. It was a lot more lively. Um his daughter is is everything. He he has a, a two year. Is she two? She's yeah. She's two. He has a two year old daughter. Um, you know that that's his everything. I I love that having four daughters. Um, you guys can re can relate. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm Girl trying. To everybody's got daughters. Yes, girl dad with, right here. With with the fans, you know he's really big. He actually was going to have a camp here. In, in, in Nashville on June 18th. Uh, yeah, 18th. I, that's probably out the window now. But, you know, with the fans, like he would do Instagram Live and have uh, students send him their report cards, you know, the grades they got. He would pick one of them. And the one that he picked, he would send an autographed jersey and encourage them to, to keep up the, the good work. When there's a tornado that, that ripped through here a couple of years ago, he was out in the street walking distributing with the with the Titans as a group, right. but distributing supplies and stuff like that. That's when he told mm -hmm. me that uh, he was having a daughter. Um, yeah, I mean, it, he, he's an awesome dude. Awesome dude. It, he's going to be great in Philly. I just um, – he cares a lot about what people think about him. And I told him when I talked to him yesterday, I said, listen, you got to shed that going to Philly. I'm, mm -hmm. Trust me, you got to shed that. You know? <laughs> yeah. well, you know, speaking on that, you know, you um, – the offense definitely wasn't the same, but with Henry being out the majority of the season, not the almost the entire season, uh, you know, having a you know a, one of the best receivers ever played the game come in and kind of mentor him a little bit, you know, he didn't feel as though he had you know one of those greatest seasons, you know. Does he feel as though right now this is a new beginning for him, you know? Because I mean, you know, look at it, you know, they they signed Robert Woods, now mm. you guys have Traylon Burks, you have still have Derrick Henry. Is that offense going to a positive direction or a negative direction because of, you know, the 
you know, he's gone now. You know, what direction is that offense going, which you would see now? A.J. Brown accounted for 23% of the receiving yards last year. There's no receiver that Ryan Tannehill targeted more than A.J. Brown. Ryan Tannehill, mm-hmm. when asked about A.J. Brown, I asked him, you know, what it is he likes, why he targets him so much. He said because he, he's easy to throw to. He's big. You could trust him. And you know that it's either going to be him that makes the catch or nobody. And I think taking that away, he played 13 games last year. Now, mind you, the Titans were 12 and 5, right? Mm-hmm. They played six games, seven, seven, eight games without, without Derrick Henry. They were 12 and 5. With A.J. Brown in the lineup, they were 11 and 2. Wow. You wow. want to know the impact that A.J. Brown has on the Titans? You watch the 49ers game, right? It was a Thursday night football game. He had 11 receptions. Eight of those were on third downs. If I'm not mistaken, that was the most ever on third downs in the history of football. Wow. This dude, when it's time, I asked him, I said, what is it about third downs? And the mindset, it's the money down. Keep the chains moving. Mm -hmm. He will come through when you need it. And, I mean, you get so much with him as a receiver. So this offense is – is they're still going to try to be the same – Traylon Burks averaged 9.4 yards and, and, and yet seventh in FBS last Ooh. year. Similar player, but AJ Brown just has a way of, of the DBs don't they don't want any parts of him. <laughs> right. <laughs> you, you see them go to tackle him and they they bounce off him. He, in my opinion, is right there with, with Debo Samuel and, mm. and and anyone else as far as yards after the catch. Mm. I think we got a deal for him too. You know, we're talking about only a hundred million dollars, and I say that's a deal. But you think Wait, about what you know, only only a hundred million that's dollars. That's right, money right, right there. Right, that's right. exactly but, what we're paying back. Yeah. Just being realistic, you know. I mean, you talk about guys getting three years, you know, almost seventy million dollars. You know, I mean that that's actually you know really a deal. And the draft capital we gave, we gave a one and a three. Look what they gave the cheetah to go to Miami. I mean, mm. we really cut off kind of you know kind of easy compared to what it could have been. So I I just think, you know, it just gives the Eagles now a guy that can move. Like, say what you want to say outside of Jesse. He was slow as palm water towards the end of his career, but he kept the chains moving. You Catch. need that type of player to mm-hmm. keep the chains moving. I'm glad you said it because I, I didn't know those stats, but that's how I looked at him. A big receiver that could wall off smaller DBs, can Debo DBs, and plus he can help with the intermediate game, which will help a guy like Jalen Hurts. Two years ago against the Ravens, it was, I think, like a 17-yard touchdown. He he caught the ball. Marcus Peters tried to tackle him. Get off him. Then another linebacker tried to ca- tackle him. Another DB. He broke five tackles and, and, and powered his way into the end zone. That dude mm-hmm. is – he's a special player. Special. They go play action – glance route across the middle. He just has a way that the confidence that he has in catching the football, like we're talking about just accelerating through the catch. He's not slowing down and catching it, you know, he's catching it, tucking it, and he's going. And that's a part of why he gets so much yards after the catch. And you guys are going, you're going to see it quickly. And there's times where you're going to be like, oh, he's not going to score. He's not going to score. That rascal is 
he scored. You know. What I mean? <laughs> <laughs> well, Oteron, he, he was a great athlete. I mean, he was drafted yes. out of high school by the Padres. He was exactly. a, a phenomenal two-way high school player, baseball and football. In fact, played in the Under Armour All-American game in both sports. Like this dude could have played. People to do yeah, that. he could have yeah. played Major League Baseball. So this, you know, there is unbelievable athleticism. I got to ask you. Yeah, you know, drops can be an issue sometimes. Yes. Though, and he had a few last year for sure, which which raised some flags. Is that just something you kind of have to live with, or was that an exception? Concentration. That's really the the, the main thing. He will have lapses in concentration at times. But then there's also that that sense of urgency to make something happen with the ball. So he'll you know have it in his hands, try to turn up field too quick, and you know not bring the ball with him. It, it is something to watch. And I, I know <laughs> Eagles fans don't respond lightly to drops, so that could be an area of contention. But I, I think he'll he'll be fine. And, and you mentioned the uh, playing baseball. Funny thing, because I did a story about him uh, with baseball. He only played baseball because his dad liked the sport. Mm. <laughs> he was still good enough to get drafted. Although it was something? the 19th round, he still got drafted. Yeah, Teron, when you talk about him off the snap, is this game predicated t- towards more his quickness off the snap or his speed? Uh, quickness and power. Uh, when he first got to the Titans, he was 235 pounds. I pulled him aside. I said, Ooh. bro, that's not going to get it. <laughs> it's not going to work. You know, and he eventually got down to like 220 in that range. Uh, one of the things he worked on with Rob Moore, uh, the receiver coach, was just – being able to, to get off the ball, the release. I played with Rob Moore. Mm-hmm. Did you really? Yeah, I played with yeah. him in Philly, actually, yeah. Yeah, Rob Moore was a real deal. Syracuse, um, yep. But, uh, yeah, so they worked on that. Uh, that is something that he could still get better on. Right. There are some times where he, he may disappear a bit in games. You got to get him involved. And he's one of those guys you could work all kinds of ways to do that. So, to your point about the off-the-line of scrimmage, he could play X, he could play Z, he could play the slot. He's someone that I would suggest at Z, off the line of scrimmage, at slot, moving him around. I think you want to, you know, design ways to to get him to football. But he's an unselfish player. Off the line, he'll he'll be fine. Mm. I think stuff. he makes uh he's gonna make Hurts better and uh make yes. the offense better. But I mean, just just looking at at you know the offense. And scheming him, you know, how big a deal is it, is it going to be for Jalen now to to with the confidence level? Because they evidently they were they were they they've been like this, you know, they're old friends, you know. Yeah. Uh, did you hear anything about that relationship between him and Hurts? Yeah, I mean, I heard that directly from AJ. I heard it directly from Jalen Hurts. You know, Jalen Hurts was a guy I really liked coming out. I'm I'm trying to find a, a picture that I have of them from their high school days, but you know when. When uh, A.J. Brown, because obviously Hurts is a year ahead of him, Hurts did a lot to try to get A.J. to go to Alabama. But he instead decided that he wanted to go with D.K. Metcalf at at Ole Miss. And uh, they remained close. In fact, A.J. was at the uh, draft party for Hurts and and vice versa. Um, You know that they've had the relationship they just threw together recently. This is a picture of them. That's Hurts. That's Hurts right there. And then Raise it AJ. up a little, Teron. Raise it up a little. There you yeah, go. could you send it to me so I can, so yeah. I can send it to my producer? Yeah, that yeah I'll text it to you. But that's, that's from high school days. So, yeah, I mean, these guys, they've always been close. 
that's going to be good just because you have that that level of trust. Um, and then also getting the free yards. It's, it's a, a, a term that, you know, Mike Vrabel uh, uses, and I think it applies because he's a guy, you throw the ball five yards, he'll turn it into a 67-yard touchdown. So yeah. that helps Hurts. When, when you look at all the receivers that went off the board, and obviously there was a, a run of receivers before it got to Tennessee, is, is Traylon Burks the guy that can adequately – just based on what you've seen, what you've heard from the coaching staff, that can adequately replace an A.J. Brown? They believe so. There's a lot of similarities just as far as body type. Burks is 6'1", 225, a little bit slower than A.J., but you look at the Alabama game, you know, he caught a pass along the the numbers and he turned it up and outran the Alabama DBs. Mm -hmm. You know, that's doing something. You look at the Texas A&M game, you see him get off the line, a little bit of hand com- combat along the, the uh, sideline, but he accelerated through late hands, caught the football, and pulled away. So he does bring a similar mix just as far as ruggedness, physicality, um, speed, and size. Mike Vrabel is big on what he calls combat catches or you know, what we commonly refer to as you know contested catches, and that's something that Burks is a specialist at. So, yeah, I, I think there are similarities they feel, again, like they got younger and cheaper at the position. The catch radius is there. I think A.J. is a better prospect mm-hmm. coming out, you, mm-hmm. you know, than Burks is. But still, you know, Burks is a first-round receiver. They got him, and I think he is the match. Teron, thanks for hopping on, man. We, we know it was last minute. Yeah, man. Always Appreciate fun to catch up with you, man. And, yeah, it's all good, uh, man. That's called friendship. I mean, that's yeah. my boy, man. We, we, we've been to the upper room. Hey, listen, it it goes back to training camp. I'll never forget it. Training camp 2016. Mm You said, I'm going to throw you the hoop. You just got to do something with it. And look, it works. So, got your breakfast on broad. Yeah. Those early early mornings were worth it to ride. Absolutely. (laughs) Fighting that traffic and getting there. We appreciate it, man. Keep up the good work. Thanks. Thank you, man. All the best to you. All right, that's Teron Davenport. All right, guys, we, we keep it rolling, man. We, we keep – you are not getting this anywhere else, this kind of football coverage, that is for sure. we got Adam Kaplan coming up at 1 o'clock, at 2 o'clock. It's Jeff McClain. Don't don't fret, though. We, later on, we will sneak in some Sixers because the Sixers came up Oh, big yeah, that's right. Time. That's right. <laughs> night. Yes, they did. Phillies are rolling, too. I mean, we, we, we plethora of fun here in Philly, that's for sure. All right, Barrett Brooks, D-Gun. I'm Rob Ellis. We are Sports Take, Jacob Media YouTube Network. Go for the midnight tears. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resorts. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. All right, did you know I was the mommy slam dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, go to left, fake them out. Mama, go up, up, up. She did it. Again. You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh-huh.
field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. following is a real testimonial from the father of a young injured victim. I didn't think she was going to make it. Major Perry's daughter was the victim of a horrific accident caused by someone else's negligence. If you don't find the right counselor, law firm that you're looking for, you will get lost in the wilderness. Badly injured? Call the Fritz and Bianculli Law Firm at 215-458-2222 and find out why they say, we got this. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Sports take each and every day, 12-3. Welcome back in, everybody. Tell a friend, Jacob Media YouTube Network. Very simple way to find us each and every day. We get to hang out with you coming off of what was a big, big night in Philadelphia sports for sure. The Eagles trade up and grab Jordan Davis. They make a trade to get A.J. Brown. Almost simultaneously, at least the early portion of the NFL draft, the Sixers take care of business and eliminate the Raptors. Earlier in the day, the Phillies sweep out the uh, the Rockies. Man, what an absolute day. You really couldn't design it any better, man. Phillies win, Sixers win, and Eagles. It was a perfect storm. Yeah. It was, man. When was the last time we could say that about Philadelphia sports? The perfect storm. Yeah, very rare. It's usually the, like the movie Perfect Storm and your boat drowns. Yeah, yeah. Everybody kind of just bye-bye. Right, right, right. The, the and, sun, and then, of course, the and then, of, and yes. then of course, Barry throws in, oh, by the way, the flyer season is over, thankfully. <laughs> that's, the, that's the kind of thing that you and I, Derek, would not have come up with. That, no. that is for sure. Well, I mean, it is what it is, man, just being truthful, man. And, and, and I'm sure those guys, you know, it was nothing like at the end of the season, like I had to admit that uh, that that – Three and thirteen season with the Eagles in nineteen ninety eight. Oh yeah, uh, you know the 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 final gun hadn't even went off, and there were guys had their cars loaded, gassed up. Guys were swinging golf game. clubs on the sideline. Oh. They, they were just, getting, you know, it was, oh. that was awful. Derek, I know you were you were in town covering that. Yeah, team. oh I yeah, I was too. That was so bad. Rays last year, man. Bro, we it couldn't was... wait to get out of here, oh. man. You know that man, wasn't I mean... that wasn't even a pro football team. I don't know what that was. It was bad. <laughs> it was bad. Oh man! All right, joining us now. I haven't had a chance to talk to Adam in a while. I'm looking forward to this, man. Oh, such there a good, is. good job. Cap, there he up? is. Follow him on what Twitter up, at Kaplan NFL, and of course NFL Insider Inside Birds Podcast with uh, Jeff Mosher is absolutely phenomenal. Adam, good to see you, man. How you make it out? Guys, good to see. You. I'm here from Las Vegas. Nice. Uh, I, I, yeah. I live through Cap. A Cap has like 
25 W-2s. Every time I, I talk to, to Cap, I say, what do you, I say, you got time for this D-Gun? I got 12 jobs today. I got six jobs tomorrow. I, can you call me next week? I'm like, ah, come on, man. <laughs> the three of us go back, even in Rat Bar too. Rob knows me. You're from our days in D-Gun at Comcast Sportsnet. And yep. we go back to NFL Films. Like, right. Oh gosh. Yeah. Barry. Yeah. Right. Back in 02. So yeah, I, we all got to make a living, man. I'm a hustler. I, I got to do it. That's it. That's <laughs> the business, man. If you ain't hustling, you're in trouble. So Adam, let's get your, right. let's get your overall impressions and, you know, two part question. So let, let's dig in first. I, I want to go AJ Brown first because we're, we were yeah. just discussing that. Then we'll get into Jordan yeah. Davis. So your thoughts on what the Eagles gave up, what they get in return with AJ Brown and also signing the contract extension, everything that went down there. Yes, so, so Rob, it was cool. So I'm doing TV for Sports Grid, uh, which you guys could watch, uh, your, your viewers and listeners could watch. We have a channel on SiriusXM, and we, we have a YouTube channel and so forth. And um, when AJ Brown trade happened, I was just in shock because I, I have a good relationship with the Titans, and I, I know how much they love him and how much he meant to them. And just for them to trade him was stunning. John Robinson, the GM, uh, Rob went on record a couple weeks ago and said he just didn't see any way they would trade him. And, and then uh, AJ went on record with our friend Teron Davenport from ESPN.com, and he told him, look, they're, I mean, they're offering. And I know it's funny to say this is low, <laughs> but it is from an NFL, NFL standpoint. It's $16 million a year. is well less than Christian Kirk got. Mm-hmm. And I know Kirk was a free agent, but the guy's a backup wide receiver who the Jaguars are paying as a, as a starter. Rob, AJ Brown, if you talk to anyone, the Titans, they'll tell you, is special as a human being. He's going to change that that wide receiver room. This guy's special. I cannot wait to watch him, even in OTAs. Um, just And the, the, the contract is marked fair market value. He got a fair market value deal. And how about A.J. Brown telling Teron Davenport he would have taken just $22 million and he got better than that with the Eagles. So um, the Titans weren't willing to step it up, but it's just shocking. Teams, Rob, the reason why I, I'm talking the way that I am about this player, teams do not like trading players that they get right. And it's just that's knowing John Robinson as I do, it had to kill him to make this move. Wow. Hell yeah, you look at the head coach. The head coach has said, as long as he's the head coach, he will be with the Titans. That's right. Adam, can you can you even can you even put it into words what AJ means as a mentor? to this collection of young receivers the Eagles have in their locker room. You know, I think sometimes we overlook the fact that just the presence of somebody who has done it for a few years at a high level, put up impressive numbers, and now has an impressive contract, can also motivate young guys who are trying to find their way like this young man is. You know, it's interesting being all, you know, four of us being on together. We, we've all been in locker rooms as a player, Barrett, and the three of us as the other three of us as media people. And it's rare that we come around someone who could transform a locker room. Not, not the Eagles, this group needs that, but they, they're also very young now, which is good. But they need what's called an alpha dog. They need a guy who sets the example. Talking to the Titans this morning, I'm telling you, this guy is a tone setter. He is the leader of their offense, uh, in my opinion, just based on talking to the Titans over the years. Yes, Tannehill as a quarterback is a leader, but when you look at guys who set the tempo for practice and show you this is the way it needs to be, it's this guy. It's uh, it's just it's remarkable. Now, the reason why he was not a first-round pick is because he's not fast, but it doesn't matter. If, if, if Sirianni does a great job of using him the right way, he's going to be just as good, if not better, than he was with the Titans because the Eagles will, by the way, the 
Packers will throw the ball, the ball a lot more than they did last season. That's why they made this trade. Yeah, and, and Adam, you look at it now, what this does for Devontae Smith, who last year was was the you know the main target as a rookie on the outside. All of a sudden this opens things up over you know up top for him. It, it just it could be a complete game changer here. Yeah, Rob, I, there's a there's a scouting term that I got uh, actually from coaches that's called size protection. If you've got a guy who's slight on one side, you you'd like to get someone, he doesn't have to be six three or six four, but you want someone who's bigger physically, who could take certain routes away from Smith, certain tougher routes over the middle. A.J. Brown, if you look at his, what are called, heat, uh, target numbers over the middle, fewer better than him. With, like, if you look at the way they called plays with the Titans, so many of them were deep over routes or shallow crosses and or bang eight throws where they're thrown over the middle and he goes and, and runs after the catch. And by the way, it's next to impossible to move him off the football. He's built like a brick house. And by the way, talking to the Titans about him, he was built this way when they drafted him. He's built the same way when they traded him. Jeez. Mm. Yeah, it's fascinating, no doubt. All right, Adam, so let, let's switch gears. Let's go into the Jordan Davis. Because yeah. you, on one hand, gigantic human being, runs an insane 40, unbelievably athletic, and you just your mind just just is, you know, blows at what this guy could possibly do. There are detractors who say, didn't play a ton, is not necessarily a guy who's going to be good in the passing game. Where do you fall on the Jordan Davis scale? Yeah, Rob, it's, this is an upside analytics pick. Um, talented kid. Good kid, by the way. Good character. He's so – the league has never seen really anyone like that. You see Jordan Mylata as a super freak. The league has never seen anyone like him. 6'6", six, six and – I mean, let me, I have his numbers here, his, his, his combine numbers, in terms of his body. Guys, um, we, we've seen some super freak – you know, players before in our lifetime. But there's really, Rob, there's been really no one built like this kid. Um, six, six foot and, and uh, three eighths. Six, six and three eighths, right? 341. This is where it's really important. 34-inch arms. This is among some of the longest arms of um, any D-tackle in this draft. Monstrous hand. This is great. And Garrett Barrett knows this as being an offensive lineman, Barrett. He's got 10 and three-quarter hands, biggest of any D lineman for this draft. <laughs> you get, and here's the crazy thing. This is ridiculous. He didn't just beat a, a – I know the 40 doesn't really mean much. Joe Banner doesn't think it means anything for a defensive lineman. I wouldn't argue with him. But, folks, he ran a tight end time in the 40 at 478, okay? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. 10-yard split. He gun. 168, 10-yard split. This is ridiculous. Now, That's great. That's ridiculous. If a football player, we'll see. We'll see. But this – now, they had a deep rotation on Georgia defensive linemen. I get that. But part of the reason why he didn't play a lot, folks, is his stamina. He's too heavy. That can't mm -hmm. continue. That's got to be That's got to be corrected. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I, um, I, I tried to – I went through and I just got to thinking of who I can compare this guy to, the, the guys I played against. I played against a Cortez Kennedy, Albert Hainsworth, you know, uh, Michael Dean Perry. And I, I took all those guys oh. and I added them up. And then I stretched them about three more inches, and I, 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 added about, I added about you know twenty more pounds to them, and that's what you would have is, is is Jordan Davis when you add those guys together. I mean, the league has never seen anything like that. I mean, I've seen offensive linemen like that, but never a defensive lineman like that. No. What he could bring to the table, as long as he gets it down, I man. Like I said, if I was if I, if I was the Eagles, I'd have him watch all film 
on 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 Bruce Smith and how he got to where mm-hmm. he got to and what he had to do to be the player he is today. And I mean, it, it you know, I hope it equates to him because he could be a special player running a four. People are running a. There are safeties in the league right now running four sevens. You know, mm-hmm. there are the wide receivers. Some, I mean, four seven is special. I mean, and this is, is electronic time. So if he'd have ran, if he'd have ran in like in Georgia, it'd have probably been like a a four seven zero, a four six. Mm-hmm. This is electronic time in the at the combine, which is always slower. Like I ran a I ran a five zero one at the combine, but when I run it at home, I ran a four nine. So you take did you really? Yeah, yeah. Wow, Barrett! Wow, I didn't. Were you more of a power guy when you came out for the draft? What was your What was your background as an offensive lineman? I was a. They they called me a dancing bear, man, because I had quick feet, man. I was more quick than I was fast. You know what I'm saying? So I became a I became a bruising blocker towards the end of my career, like you know from from year six on. But before yeah. that, you know, so I could finesse guys. You know, I could get in front of guys. You just couldn't get around. Them. I would just stay in front of you. You know what I'm saying? So I mean, sure. that's I mean that. That's how I made my money, man. But you know, it's this kid here. If he, they moved that defensive line a lot when you know in their scheme in 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 Georgia, they moved them like so they would slant those guys up and into the field. Can he adjust to that? You know, to this type of scheme, we'll have to see because he's gonna have the two gap, take guys on and handle both gaps. Can he do that? We'll see. But I mean, he's got a lot of guys that can help him out. I'm sure they're gonna focus a lot of their attention on getting this guy ready to play and ready to play early. Right. Yeah, it's gonna be fast, Adam. I, I real quick, and, and we appreciate your time. Uh, I wanted to throw this at you. I know you you obviously follow and cover the entire league. How'd you think yeah. the NFC East did last night? The Giants with their two picks. The Cowboys took an offensive lineman. Washington goes with Dotson out of Penn State. How did you think the teams around the Eagles did last night? Yeah, I thought they did well. The Giants and Evan Neal. He, he's uh, he's gonna play right tackle for them. In my reporting on this situation, he uh, he's got a knee issue that. There are teams that thought it wasn't about him playing. That, that's not the issue. The issue is how long his career would be. Uh, one team said six, seven years. He felt that if they dread that's that may be the maximum. Um, but he's a power guy. He, by the way, you have to see this video that the the NFL's feed put out of him and his parents. I mean, it's I teared up a little bit. You have to see it. You'll know what I mean when you see it. It's okay. his parents' story of his life. It's just ridiculous. And it's Evan Neal who's going to be the right tackle. Um, Who's the other? Who is their other player? The Giants. I forget. Uh, well, they but, took uh, uh, Kayvon Thibodeau. Thibodeau. Yeah, yeah, Thibodeau. Thibodeau. Yeah, Thibodeau. Yeah. yeah. He's a good football player. I love. I love. Um, I love his. You know, I watched a couple of interviews, interviews with him. I love his energy. But as a football player, he's a little stiff. That's what personnel people tell me. Um, that's that's why some teams did not have him as, as a top ten grade. Good football player, though. There's no doubt. He's got the length that you want. He'll be productive. They needed it. They don't have a very good pass rush in terms of as a stand-up outside linebacker, which they run. They run a 34 front. Um, Dotson's explosive. I thought he'd go a little bit later, but that's okay. They just have to get it right. I know they like the Ohio State receivers, Washington. And, um, you know, that, that that's it's interesting. These receivers, man, right when you only think four or five will be drafted, you're going to be wrong. A lot of yeah, receivers yeah. that went off the board. Hey Adam, what did you what did you think about the way the uh, first round of the j- draft played itself out overall? What surprised you the most? Well, number one, I want to give Joe Douglas and Rex Hogan of the Jets. They had the best draft. I'm not criticizing the Eagles in any way. They did very well. They had a great draft. But the draft. Jets, if you yep. look at a value, value perspective, Joe confirmed he loves doing this stuff. It's funny after the draft, he 
He'll talk to our board. All three players they got were in their top eight. Now, we'll get to second. But I had a GM tell me, and I don't disagree with how people love him. Sauce Gardner was one GM I spoke to last week. That was his number one player. Their number one. Um, now, this team hat, we're good at corner. They didn't need uh, we're we're breaking up. Oh, Matt, Matt, oh. You're breaking up. Uh, I don't know if you can hear us. So we'll uh, we'll try and get that straightened out. Xander, we'll, we'll we'll see if we can get that fixed. I, I I love Adam's analysis because you know obviously he can talk about the entire NFL. Absolutely. But yeah, and, and not to get too in in the weeds here. I thought the Jets had a great draft. I thought I thought oh, Joe no question. Douglas, yeah, he 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 had a big time draft, man. And he knocked it out the park, man. I mean, yeah, he, he got did. the best corner in the draft. Um. Not only get the he get the best corner of the draft, he got a guy that can go out there and play, um, you know, uh, wherever you want him to play, man. Yes, and you know, he's gonna so. be he's gonna be ticked that he didn't go first, Barrett, uh, uh, from the corners. Right. <laughs> you know, I mean, Stingley Stingley going before him to the Texans that was a surprise. I was shocked. I yeah. was shocked. You know, um, Thibodeau, man, uh, he's got a lot to prove. Also, he's gonna be he's gonna be pissed off that he. And then, how about this in the draft? How about Drake London being the first receiver? I still taken? can't get over that. I, I don't still... get it. I, I'm sorry. You take Pitts last year, and then you take Drake London. I, I, you need offensive line help, man. Right. And you need defensive line help, and I don't know what Atlanta's thinking. Well, they really don't get it. I mean, I was surprised. Also, it was a really shocker to me. Uh, that the Steelers took, you know, Pickett, Kenny Pickett. Yeah, I mean that 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 really surprised me, man. You know, oh, I, uh, I think we got Adam back, guys. Adam, I think we got a better connection with you now, man. We 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 have. Yeah, you. sorry. Yeah, I'm sticking MGM here. They're, they're they're actually their internet's been pretty good, but uh, broke up. Yeah. So no, no just finish, uh, just finish your last thought, then we'll, then we'll let you go because we appreciate your time, Adam. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. just on the surprises, I thought the Jets did phenomenally well. They they, they went by their board. Yeah. They got the best player in the draft. Garrett Wilson's the best receiver for the draft. Uh, Jameis Williams, the problem there is with the the the, uh, the ACL. Yeah. Uh, I thought they did very well. Um, the Packers, if you, ones where I uh, the kid, the kid, the, the linebacker from Georgia. I thought we'd go much later. We'll see how good he is. They, Quay. They didn't draft a receiver. Quay Walker. Yeah. Quay Walker. Yep. But, yep. But, uh, yep. Oh man. All right. We'll, Eagles blowing we'll, up with Howie. I'm so glad he did something. Yeah, he, he got oh, really aggressive. Adam, sorry, man. The connection's bad, but we do appreciate you hopping on right, for a couple right. minutes. No, we'll no worries. Have, have fun in Vegas, man. Right, we, yeah, we'll talk again very Thanks, soon. Man. Thank yeah. you. Stay you cool. It. Stay cool, bro. Yeah, that's Adam Kaplan. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter, at Kaplan NFL. Unfortunately, you know, sometimes you just have a bad connection. That's just the way it works out. But, yeah, I mean, look, I I, I don't come away. I, I, I know some Eagles fans are not thrilled with A.J. Davis or A.J. Um, with Jordan Davis thing. I get it. It, it, it well, time will tell with that. The, with the more, and I, this is why I love that we talk to people from around the league. But in, t- in hearing from Adam and hearing from Teron Davenport on AJ Brown and what kind of guy he is, the work ethic, all those kind of things, I, I think he's going to be. This is a perfect marriage with this team. I think the city is going to love this dude, and yep. and he's going to be perfect for this team. I mean, you think about it. They didn't have any adults in the room last year. You know, you're asking basically Arthega Whiteside, uh, Devontae Smith, Rager, yeah. and and Greg Ward. I mean, in, in his defense, is he a little bit older than those guys? Yeah, but he's a role player. You know, there, there wasn't really anybody in that room to teach these guys good, bad, and different. And now yes. all of a sudden, 
he's that and he can play. Yeah. It, it, yeah. It's, it, I, I think it's a, a great move by Howie Roseman. You know, it, 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 people don't understand how how much it means to a player to be mentored by somebody that's, that's, that's you know, that has more knowledge and, and more experience than them. You know, I was able to have a 12-year NFL career mainly because the people that I got mentored by. You know, I have to, I mean, I should give them half my check when you when I talk to a guy like Riley McKenzie, Guy McIntyre, Irvin Fryer, you know, guys that really slowed me down and taught me what it was to be a pro and which allowed me to elongate my career because they showed me little things to keep me in the league. Mm-hmm. I saw a lot of guys that I played with that didn't play a long time. Me and Fred McCrary latched on to older guys that, you know, older good guys, you know, like a lot. I see a lot of guys that fall by the wayside. You know, there was a kid that played with the Steelers, you know, when I was at the Steelers who who latched himself on to a veteran player, but a veteran player that wasn't necessarily who he needed to latch himself on to. Just put it like this. The older player could go to a strip club and make it rain for five thousand dollars because he's making three million dollars a year. This young kid is making $300,000 that he made it rain for $5,000. I mean, he played the right. first, second, and third quarter for free. Yeah, he should you be know, making yeah. a drizzle. You know right, I mean? right. So, yeah. you know, it's, it's you know the people that you get mentored by really put you in a position to really, really help you or cause you not to, you know, have a, a, a nice long career. So, uh, I, you know, I, I counted all joy that I had people around me that, that really cared enough to, to really teach me the game. You know what I'm saying? Teach me the game. You know, I mean, it's not just in, in just in, in football, you know, just life period. You know, I latched on to you two. You know what I'm saying? That's why I, I keep calling you two. Yeah, you know, it was a method to my madness. You know, I see your success. So I try to latch on to you guys to try to pattern my career. You, Vicek Hammer, D-Gun, and, um, and you, Rob. Wait, wait, you know who, who? Wait, wait. <laughs> I, 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 who? What? Who? I didn't catch that. <laughs> who catch that second one? Wait, Let's wait, keep wait. moving. You know, Let's he said moving. that. Notice how he said that under his breath. Yes. Well, you know, it, we do. We do need to do uh, D gun. We need to. Barrett needs to tell the Vi story because I don't know if everybody. That's a great story. You want to share it real quick, Barrett? Just give me. You grew up in St. Louis. Yeah, I'm from St. Louis, and and, I, and just to, you know, I, I'm being being very serious about it. You know, yeah, I hated football growing up. The only right. reason I played because my mother made me play. She right. made me play. Football was hard, you know, so I never wanted to play. But um, I had uncles, and my uncles would take me to the ballpark. And back players, then, they had a team that called the St. Louis Cardinals. St. Louis Cardinals, yeah, they played at Bush Stadium. Yeah. Yep. So. When players would walk in, if they had if they had tickets that their family members didn't use, he, he would give them to the kids, and we would go watch the game. Well, okay. I never wanted the tickets, never wanted the tickets, so I would sit back. And my uncles, you know, they'd be like, "Uh, I mean, how come you never want? To, I, I don't want to go in the game. I don't want the tickets. I don't. I don't like football. I don't even mm-hmm. watch football. I didn't even watch football." Mm-hmm. Long story long, um, Vi looks at me one day, and he, you know, said, he's like, you know, he's a rookie. He's a mm-hmm. rookie. He's a rookie kickoff returner, running back. He said, "How come you never asked for? Hey, come in for a minute." He said, "I, I said, what's going on?" He said. You never ask for tickets. I see all these other kids over here. You don't ask for tickets. Jimmy, you're a big kid. Don't you play football? I said, yeah, because my mom makes me play. He's like, well, you know, you want to go to the game? I said, no, nah, I'm a cool. I'm all right. Thanks anyways. You know, my uncle's like, me, you better go. I was like, no, nah, I don't want to go. So I, I'm like, no. But he looks down at my shoes. And I had cut the top of my shoes because my shoes were too small for me. Right. And I never want to ask my mom or pops for anything. You know what I'm saying? Never. I never want to ask him. Long story long, he takes me in. I go in. I, um, you know, I, I see a world that I'd never seen before. Mm-hmm. I see all these people screaming for these players and I'm walking in and I get into the locker room. And I see all the stuff going on. I'm like, 
bro, I can get down with this, you know what I'm saying? So it really opened up to me yeah. what, you know, I could be and, 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 and there's life outside of where I was from. Mm-hmm. So I go in, of course, Vi couldn't give me any shoes. You know, he wore a size of size 10. I wore a size <laughs> 10 when I was nine, you know what I'm saying? At the time I was like, you know, 11 to 12 years old. So I wore like a 12 or 13 shoe. Well, I, used, I wore a size 12. So mm-hmm. Stump Mitchell, he asked Stump, Stump, hey, get this guy some shoes. So he gave me my first pair of rules, my first pair of uh, name brand um, cleats. You know, he gave me some rules. And from that point on, he kind of kept in touch with me. You know, we, t- we talked or whatever. And um, as I went on, I never forgot about it. I yeah. never forgot. I kind of kept in touch. You know, I kept, you know, seeing where he was. You know, he went to Philly, you know, yada, right. yada, yada. And then I turn around, you know, I'm going, I get drafted. And uh, he, you know, we we haven't talked to each other, and you know, it's been years now. So this is like a ten year period in which we hadn't talked to each other, or I hadn't seen or anything. So I, I get drafted, and they bring all the draft picks up. So it's me, Bobby Taylor, Mike Mamula. So Mamula's up there first, and Bobby Taylor's before me because we both went in the second round. Mm-hmm. So I walk into the room, I look over, and I see Vi. I'm like, Mister Sikahema, Mister Sikahema, Vi Sikahema. Hey, it's me, it's me. He looks at me like. Uh yeah, you're uh I said it's me. I said, yeah, um, you're Barrett Brooks, um yeah, Kansas, Kansas State, State. yeah, yeah. Of Kansas State University. I'm like, yeah, yeah, it's me. You don't remember me? Yo, I can afford my own shoes now. I can afford my own shoes now. He's like, BB? I'm like, yeah, yeah, I played I'm, I got Scott driving the second round. He said, get out of here. And from that point on, man, we, wow. we kept in touch. And, you know, I mean, I, I kind of followed his career. He went into broadcast and I went to broadcast and worked at NBC. He was at NBC, you know. So, yeah. I mean, it, it, it worked out, you know what I'm saying? But, you know, that's what I'm saying. I've always had great mentors. You know, like I said, you, Vi, you know, Derek. But, and, 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 Wait, who? who? <laughs> Some guy. <laughs> hey, you know what? You know what's funny? Um you know, we we we're applauding Howie for making the deal to get AJ Brown, but did you see the report that just came out from our friend Dan Celio? He no. said the he said the word is Eagles GM Howie Roseman offered the 49ers the 18th pick and a third rounder for Debo Samuels, but the Niners passed. Okay. All right. Well, look, he tried, right? And, and you go to plan B. You go to right. plan B. That's, that's not a bad plan B. Let me good tell you. GMing. That's good GMing. Woo. That's why you got to have options. And you Man. know he was also talking to Tennessee, right? Yeah. You, yeah. you knew that this was going. And, and that's what you like. That's his job. But I'll say this. There, there's a lot of valid criticism for Howie. But I, yeah. I say this to you guys all the time. I love the fact that he's going to – if he's going to make a mistake, it's going to be a mistake of, of aggression. Not yeah. sitting back, not sitting on his hands, not staying pat. And that's what I love about him. He, he is an aggressive, aggressive guy. That's for sure. And look, if it doesn't work out and Kyle Hamilton turns out to be a great player for the Ravens, is there going to be heat that comes down? Of course. Of course there is when you're talking about the draft, no doubt. Yeah. But I don't know how the A.J. Brown part is debatable. You you just got a proven guy versus a bunch of guys coming out of college that you have yep. no idea about. And by the way, no. there was such a run for those receivers. There weren't a lot of the real upper, upper, upper echelon guys still there. Were none. there. They were, they were gone. Done. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Even Dotson was gone, you know, and he was one of the, he was like the second of the second tier guys. Yes. That yes. were, that were there. You think about, you know, um, you know, Drake London going the first wide receiver taken and thinking about Williams and all those guys going after that, you know, it in the first round, was there a quality at the wide receiver position at that point? I would have to say, no, I think they would have been reaching to get anybody else from that draft in the first round at the wide receiver position. All right. So they couldn't trade up for him. Well, the only receiver that went after where the Eagles were slotted was 
Traylon Burks, who, yes. who went who went to uh, Tennessee. Uh, to Tennessee. So, so obviously everybody's, everybody's board had X amount of receivers slotted as premier receivers. And after there was a run of receivers, there was what three receivers taken in a row, and there was a span of four receivers taken in a span of five picks. So after that, Howie said, "Okay, uh, if we want to improve here, we got to do this now." And you know, this team they they gave up a lot of draft capital. I'll give it. I'll give the Eagles credit. They knew they what did. they wanted. They gave up capital to get up and get Jordan Davis. They yep. gave up capital to get AJ Brown. You know, they go in there with a uh, double digit picks, and now they're down to four left. And who knows? Knowing Howie. He's still got another deal somewhere. He's going to tr- probably try to move up in the ladder round somewhere. You hear the stream? The stream is steady screaming. Yeah, uh, we can we can let Dillard go. They want Dillard gone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The <laughs> fact that Nicobe Dean is still on the board, I'm still boggled by that. I, I'm blown I'm away. Shocked. There's there's some real talent still left. Let's dig into that when we get back. We'll, we'll we'll dig a little bit into who's still there, what surprised you, what the Eagles may end up doing. Yeah, the, uh, Kobe Bryant. Yeah, the, uh, the quarterback. quarterback in the second yeah. round. Yeah, yep, so, from Cincinnati. Yeah, so there's there's a lot of quality player. Booth's still out there. You know, we'll get into it, what, what the Eagles could do here at 51 in the second round tonight in the NFL draft. In addition to that, we got to give the Sixers some love, man. Sixers showed up big time. Not only did they beat Toronto, they whooped Toronto. So <laughs> yes. we'll do that when we get back <laughs> as well. Barrett Brooks, D-Gun. I'm Rob Ellis. We are Sports Take, Jacob Media YouTube Network. Go for the midnight tears. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. All right, did you know I was the Mommy Slam Dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really. Don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to ready. Go to look. Fake a mama. Mama, go. Oh, mama! She did it. Again, you can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh huh. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank.
The following is a real testimonial from the father of a young injured victim. I didn't think she was going to make it. Major Perry's daughter was the victim of a horrific accident caused by someone else's negligence. If you don't find the right counselor, law firm that you're looking for, you will get lost in the wilderness. Badly injured? Call the Fritz and Bianculli Law Firm at 215-458-2222 and find out why they say, we got this. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Sports take. Rob Ellis, D. Gunn, Barrett Brooks. Two o'clock. Jeff McLean is going to be joining us a little later in the show. We'll get into the Phillies, who uh, did their chores very well and swept out the Colorado Rockies. Big series against the Mets coming up this week. Phillies back to five hundred. That's for sure. We'll get more into the draft in a second. But guys, let's touch on the Sixers here because, you know, let's face it. If we're all being honest with ourselves and and you know we keep it real here, I think we all went into this that game last night kind of in the mode when it came to the Sixers and to their credit, second half, third quarter in particular, man, they ran away with this thing. And it was really the big boys. Mm -hmm. stepped up. It was Embiid. It was Harden. It was Maxi. It was Harris. Your starting five really ended that thing in a big way and put all that talk, at least for, for now until the heat series, put it away with the Sixers falling apart. They, uh, they came up huge on the road last night. If you keep it one hundred, of course. I mean, they was they was they was sucking. They didn't give Max effort. You got to go out there. You got to play your heart out, man. And those guys, when looking at them, they they watched that film. And when they watched that film, they were disgusted on how how the lack of effort was displayed out there on the court, man. So I mean, they went out and and and, and changed what they saw. Yeah. All the players that we called out over the last two games stepped up. You know, Harden hits twenty. 22 points. Maxi, who was, uh, you know, struggling for two games, he gets 25 and B put the team on his back, you know, with 33 points and, and, and 10 rebounds. And the bench chipped in when it had to. This team shot 58% from the field. Oof. And that's what was killing them the last two games. But they couldn't hit the broad side of a barn when they needed it. Uh, the three point shooting, I was a little surprised still. It was uh, 16 of 40, not too bad. But, you know, they, they attacked, they went back on the attack against Toronto. They yep. didn't give up the easy buckets like they had been giving up the last couple of games. Yep. You know, and, and and I tell you what, Doc Rivers in particular, especially after he made that comment trying to defend his, you know, his his uh, record in terms of postseason flops. You know, I'm thinking, man, please don't let this come back for game seven because oh. this is going to be brutal. So at least for now, until Monday, I guess game one against Miami starts on Monday down in South Florida. Right. But at least for a few days, Doc Rivers got a huge, huge monkey off his back. Because, man, I'm going to tell you what, people would have picked that thing up and ran with it had the Sixers blown that game last night. Barry, here's what I'm trying to figure out, and, and I'm happy that it played out this way, but Harden had the bounce all of a sudden again. He, he looked like, you know, Harden from a couple years ago. Where was that guy the last few games? I, I, I can't understand this. Some games he looks like that dude that they traded for, and other times he looks like me. I, I, I don't know what, <laughs> like, what is happening there, man. Bro, you know, you're talking about a guy that, I mean, he was tired of people talking about him, you know. Um, you look at uh, 
Harden, you know, all you gotta do is is, is, is light a fire into somebody. Yeah, he played an old man's game, but hey, the old man showed me something. He went up there and dunked. Now he probably had to ice himself down, <laughs> you know, jump in a hyperbaric chamber after the game. But that's what it takes in the playoffs. You do things that you don't necessarily do in the playoffs to make sure that you're playing in the playoffs. You have to go above and beyond. It's win or go home. And that's the difference between superstars and and and, and stars that win championships. The only way you can win a championship is everybody plays above and beyond how they played in the regular season. Mm-hmm. And that's the only way that Harden is going to go out there and, and and alleviate all this, all the all the mockery he gets from not being able to play big when it's time to play big. He can play big all through the season. But when it comes, when the, when, the, when, the, when the chips are on the line, can he go out there and make something happen? Well, he showed he can make something happen. The mere fact that he dunked, that was just a, that was I told you show. That was a finger pointed at all the Philly fans and myself. It was probably three fingers at me and four fingers at me saying, see, I still got it. I still got springs in my head and my legs. I can still make it happen. Yeah, but so, D- you know, D-Gun, that's why it's hard for me to get behind. Like, I, I look at this Heat series, and I think, you know, look, it's certainly not nearly as tough a matchup, in my opinion, as Boston would have been or Milwaukee. But I don't know what Sixers team's going to show up. The one who played last night, the one yeah. who played game one, or the one who, you know, looked awful in four and five and escaped – game three because Embiid hit some crazy shot. I, I I can't figure them out. They have no choice now because the caliber of team they're about to face in Miami. Miami is deep, rugged, talented. They crash the boards. They can shoot. They keep, te- they keep teams on their heels. The Sixers are going to have to play every game the way they played this game, the first two games against Toronto and last night. Anything less is going to end up as a loss for the 76ers. This was a good tune-up for them. And I think they learned something because, as Barrett said, I believe also that they were slacking through those two games that they lost. You cannot, you will not slack against the likes of a Miami team and expect positive results. Uh, look, can they beat Miami? As we know in, in professional sports and the sports in general, a lot of times what we see on paper doesn't necessarily translate and play itself out like that. It's a tall order trying to stand up against this Miami team. Um, I'm not going to say the 76ers cannot beat Miami, but they cannot play like Toronto ex- and expect to beat Miami. Yeah, it, it's interesting. They split during the regular season, but it's hard to read a lot into it. A couple of them were on the, on the back end of a back-to-back, and Bede missed one. Uh, they, you know, Butler, they Miami players were out. We just don't know. And the other po- tough thing about pog- prognosticating this series is, you know, what's going to – is Kyle Lowry going to be available with that hamstring? You know, yeah, for an older yeah. player like that, when you start getting those things, it's it's questionable, man. That, that, that's for sure. But, you know, the, the home court advantage goes to the Heat, who had the better record. Yeah, as you mentioned, it starts uh, it starts on Sunday or Monday, excuse me. And this is going to be good for the Sixers because they at least get off today, tomorrow, and Sunday for Embiid to rest that finger or that thumb up, excuse me, and for Harden at an older age now. That could really aid him, too, to, get a, to have mm-hmm. some more jump in his game. But – yeah, look, I think the Heat certainly go in as the favorite here, but this is not if – if the Sixers play – again, huge if. Play the way they played last night. They can hang with anybody yes, in the Eastern Conference. Yes, no question about it. But, but it's hard It's hard to tell what Sixers team's going to show up. Well, you, got, sure. got, you look at that Miami team, man. Butler's going to have them going, man, because he's, sure. he's still pissed off that you chose uh, – Ben. Um, no, I was, I was, I was going to call him a nickname, but I'm, I'm going to leave it alone. 
But, you know, they chose Ben Simmons over him. Mm-hmm. And he's still holding a grudge because of that, as he should. Um, He's got that team going, man. The way they fight, the way they hustle, the way they play, man, this, this, this is going to be a challenging game. Um, Serious for him, but do I think they have a chance? I think they have a legit chance because we got the big fella. We've got Embiid, man. And as long as we got Embiid, you notice we didn't say anything chance. about his hand. Yeah. yeah, we didn't say anything about that. Nope. He didn't say anything about his hand. He just went out there and took control of the game. Once you get past the initial shock of being hurt, you you can phase that out of your mind. You can phase that out, and then you just play regular ball. You know what I'm saying? Once everybody saw that Embiid was playing with enthusiasm, he was running around, he was making things happen, he was doing all this going around, it's infectious to the rest of that team. And where Embiid plays and his attitude is, that team goes. Usually you take the identity of the coach. Most guys do that as players. But this team takes the identity of Embiid. And as long as he, um, if he's saying, and my finger was hurting and um, if the guys need to play hard and they're not playing hard, then, uh, you know, that's up to the coach to go out there. No, you see it. You've got that cachet. You go out there and tell them. You know what I'm saying? Oh, you make man. that happen. I like his Embiid impersonation there. That was <laughs> minus well, uh, well, uh, minus well, the uh, accent, but he was right. kind of, yeah. yeah. I get I the mean, mannerisms down. We got we, we got to play harder, and um, we, we, we just <laughs> don't do bad. what we're supposed to do. So, um, okay. you know, if it wasn't for – Derek Gunn not um, telling me what to do. I mean, I, oh, I just don't know what happened. That was I mean, pretty good. Oh, all right, let me, let, me throw, let me throw some numbers, and then we'll get it back to the Eagles, uh-huh. all right? Let me throw some numbers out. All five starters in double figures, that's absolutely a recipe for success for them. No I don't question. know. Yep. And beat 33-10, and 10, also had three yeah. blocks, which means yep. he wasn't hesitant to get down low yep. and, and be involved, right, on both of those fronts. Two steals, efficient, 12 of 18 from the floor, 9 of 10 from the line. That's, a, that's peak Joel Embiid right there. Harden, 22 on 7 of 12 shooting, also Mm -hmm. 15 assists. Think about how many baskets he was directly involved in with that. Here's the other one we didn't bring up. Maxie got back to being Maxie, sped the game up, which the Sixers need to play with pace. That's key. That's Big time. He goes for 25, 8 of 16, 5 of 12. He also had 8 assists. They go on a 17-0 run in the third, which just it was the knockout blow to the Raptors and led 92-70. That thing was over. Over. I, I went back and watched it this morning because we were we were doing the draft show, Derek, and and it was like a, it was like a morgue in, in Toronto in that fourth quarter. Man, you couldn't hear from anybody. How about Paul Reed? One other thing to point out: I give Doc Rivers props for this. He took a beat out a little bit earlier in the first quarter. Usually gets him down to about two minutes, a minute and a half left. Right. Look at it. I think at four twenty-five in the first, he plugs in Paul Reed. Paul Reed in the game goes nine points, four or five from the floor. Four rebounds in 12 minutes. That's quality backup minutes where you didn't fall off a cliff when Embiid wasn't in the mm-hmm. game. So there were adjustments made there by Doc Rivers, and a lot of guys stepped their game up. Bro, the mere fact that Paul Reed was out there defensively, the scoring was just an added bonus. It was the cream on, mm-hmm. you know, on, on top of the cake, you know, the icing on top of the cake. Paul Reed played defensively um, to the level that, you know, you had to be aware of where he was. Yeah, I mean, I mean, even little things like you know, after a rebound, you know, going back down the court, him trying to steal balls from behind, all those little things they didn't get before mm-hmm. were the hustle points that they got this last game. Yep, and that's the difference, man. Those guys stepping up and hustling the way they did. 
I learned, yeah. I've learned my lesson that I'm not going to believe much of what Doc Rivers said because if you go back, it wasn't that long ago when he said, I'm not going to go on a Paul Reed. You know, when Paul Reed had a game, a decent game, uh, don't let's not get started on Paul Reed. I don't uh -huh. think it's going to increase his minutes significantly. Okay. Well, he played what 12 minutes. Well, those are 12 important minutes, playoff minutes in a, in, in 12, a game six elimination. Yes. Game. 12 yeah. important minutes in an elimination game. You had to spell the big man. And, and in this case, Doc picked and ch chose wisely when to insert a Paul Reed and he was not a liability out there for him. no doubt no doubt all right so back to the birds here and let's look at tonight guys because we know the fireworks last night were hot and heavy but they still sit here at 51 they still have some crying needs cornerback uh being one of them safety being one of them you know, if you want to make a case for linebacker who knows if they they care enough to take a linebacker in the second round but you could address all of those positions. I don't think they go anywhere near receiver uh, tonight, but no, no. Um, there's still some quality guys out there. Nicobe Dean is still out there. Booth from Clemson is still out there. What are we thinking here at 51 uh, for the birds? Well, from what I gathered, uh, they're looking at linebacker and DB going okay. into tonight. And I'm a little surprised they're looking at a linebacker considering the two additions they made during the off season. But, um, the, depending on what kind of schemes and games that Jonathan Gannon wants to play with, I tell you what, if you get, I don't, I'm, I shouldn't say this because I, I didn't think he would pass 32 picks, but if N'Kobe Dean's out there, you have to take a flyer on this guy. Mm -hmm. You have to, mm -hmm. you know, they do have a, they do have a need for cornerback. I don't see any cornerbacks left on the board that you can draft and plug and play them right away. Any quarterback, you a cornerback you draft from this point on, it's going to be a learning tool cornerback. You still need – got to get a veteran presence in there, plain and simple. You're going to have to tap into that free agent market unless you're telling me you're already going to go with somebody in-house, which I am against, mm -hmm. you know. But unless you're going to tell me you're going to go with somebody in-house, you have got to find one of these low-tier vet corners. And as we talked about on the draft show out there, there's a lot of proven cornerbacks still out there in free agency just waiting for the right team and the right offer to call them. And a lot of them, I guarantee you, will take that one-year deal now because, they, again, they want to get back in the game. They want to stay relevant. And I'm sure their agent is telling them, you get your stats up this year, we get your numbers up next year. So there's a lot of cornerbacks sitting out there that are on a mission uh, for 2022. Well, yeah, you're right, man. You mean, look at the available um, – I mean, I, I think safety right now is, um, is, is, is the biggest need for me. The cornerback or safety, I mean – Everybody's saying they're going to get the honey badge until he's inked and signed. Right. You know, I, I can't see them not, you know, these being active and trying to get one of these guys or at least sure. move up in the draft and getting somebody a pretty early. Um, my guy, you know, uh, seeing he's gone now, you know what I'm saying? Um, he got drafted late in the first. So I'm trying to think of who, who do we see right now that's, that can make some uh, make a difference come in and play right now. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, available, you know, secondary guys in this draft has went down a little bit. They're going to have to go with it. If they're going to draft anybody, they're going to have to go with a guy like Booth, and I think they have to move up to get a guy like that. Mm. Yeah, and look, you wonder, He they gave up to get up to Jordan Davis. They gave up to get A.J. Brown. You don't have a lot of picks left. Now, you could dip into your surplus for next year and all that, but yep. do you guys see them moving up again tonight? I don't. No, me neither. Me neither. Not not unless he wants to touch some of his extended capital, which I really think he doesn't want to at this point. Mm -hmm. But then again, we're talking about Howie Roseman. Every time we doubt him, good point. We sit we sit back going, "Wow, how did he do this?" You know, 
So Howie's always on Howie's always on the phone. He's always talking to somebody. Um, so I would say if you were forcing me to bet, I would say 90% of me says there's no way they're gonna move try to move up tonight. They're gonna stick where they are and see how the second and third rounds play themselves out. But there's that 10% that says how he's how he's how he's thinking of something, how he's got the wheel spinning. It's like that little little hamster on the wheel that's constantly turning. How he's thinking of something, and if he pulls off something, you we're gonna sit back here next week talking about how in the world did he do this? Yeah, he's a never say never guy, right? Yeah, that's for sure. I mean, yeah. there, there's no doubt, and that's why I also don't discount. Like I, 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 some of our commenters a little bit earlier, and again, smash that like button, folks. We we certainly appreciate it. But one of our our folks on the uh, on the comment section said earlier. Honey Badger's out because the Eagles don't have cap room. See, I never say that when it comes to Howie. Right, 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 exactly. He's a he he knows how to manipulate the cap, and I mean this in a complimentary way. He knows how to work that system, game that system. So I don't sweat that part of it. And look, it doesn't appear like there's anybody slamming down the door for Honey Badger. So yeah. the longer you wait it out, the more that comes down that mm-hmm. price that he was probably asking for, unless he wants to go somewhere. You know, where a team isn't that good that may not be able to win. I don't know why they're grabbing him at his age anyway, but if that if that's the case, that's the only other way, if that's the way he wants to go. Well, he wants to go back home to Louisiana. He made that very clear. So basically, what does that mean, playing for the Saints? <clears throat> well, I haven't seen any rumors or any scuttlebutt whatsoever about the Saints and Honey Badger trying to team up. So now, as a smart player, as a smart veteran, he's got to rethink, okay, if the Saints don't want me, what's the best option out there for me yeah. at this particular stage of my career? And that may be the Eagles. If, if, you know, they come to a meeting of the minds, it could be. Again, my only knock on Honey Badger is you don't know how many games you're going to have before. Yeah, He's yeah. so small, but he plays with such a reckless abandon that he's hurt a lot of the times. You and know? he's older, Derek, which and means it's from the recover yeah. from those injuries. Yeah, yeah. No, there's yeah. no doubt. All right, let me, let me run this past you, Barrett, because Derek and I were together last mm-hmm. night uh, going through some of this stuff. What what really surprises you? Any surprises here? I'll run through some of the picks, okay? You tell me if anything surprises you. I know you like Trayvon Walker, so I guess that's not a surprise to you that he goes first to the Jags. No question about that. I mean, Trayvon Walker, he just tested off the charts. And, and you know, what he put on film uh, as, as you know, and, you know, we when we talked to Baldy, you know, Baldy said he might be a guy to be a one-hit wonder. You know, he had great film this year and hadn't done anything years prior or had not, not as productive years prior. Well, I mean, what he did on film is enough. And when he tested – he tested off the chart. So I, I, I do see why they went out and got him the first pick. But Aiden Hutchinson, you know, he's, he's still, you know, the most complete guy as far as being ready to play right now. Mm-hmm. Walker can play right now, but you're almost guaranteed to get, you know, quality from mm-hmm. Aiden Hutchinson, you know, and, and, and I think that was a good pickup by uh, Detroit. Yeah, cool story for him, too, a Michigan kid. You know, yeah, his pops uh, was an All-American. He yeah. played in Michigan. He was an All-American, you know, so – you know, that's, that's like one of those storybook, um, the way it's supposed to be written. Right, type of no deals, doubt, no know? doubt. Yeah. All right, this one certainly raised a couple eyebrows. Derek Stingley goes third overall to the Ooh. Texans, ahead of Sauce Gardner, who went fourth to the Jets. How about that one? It's two different styles. You got a long, rangy corner in Sauce Gardner. You know, Sauce Gardner, he, he's, he's going to be one of those guys. He's not a quick twitch guy. Mm-hmm. But he's a very calculated guy the way he plays the game. You know, he doesn't have that quick twitch that Derek Stingley has. And, and that's the difference. You know, you're talking about an explosive player in Stingley. Stingley's gonna give you those explosive reps. He's gonna get it. You're not gonna you're not gonna be apt to go out there and throw the ball 
in Stingley's way as opposed to Sauce Garner. You know, you, you might try to challenge him a little bit more, you know, but he's so long and lanky. He has makeup speed. You know, that's that's the type of player he is. So it's really pick what you want. You have a guy that if you do throw to his side, he, he'll make you pay for it. But, you know, Stingley's one of those guys that you're not going to throw to his side because he's going to be covering the guy and, 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 and draping all over him. All right, Kayvon, we mentioned this a little bit earlier with Adam Kaplan, but Kayvon uh, Thibodeau ends up going to the Giants in the first pick uh, that they had. They had five and seven last night. This was fifth overall. Uh, the edge rusher, it, it was a lot of a lot of edge rushers early, but he ends up going to the Giants there at five. Sayamalu, Lane Johnson, strap it up. Yeah, This kid's going to have a lot to prove. And with that defense, the way that, de- that defense beat us up last year mm-hmm. in both games. So, you know, this this just, you know, they, they're – I like their – you know, their, their brain trust, the Giants, you know, they, we may have um, lost a little ground uh, as, as far as, you know, what the talent is this, with the Giants right now with them getting Thibodeau. That's okay. huge, you know, and I think they got Iggy too, right? Uh, yeah, they, they yeah, took yeah, Iggy, Iguano, Iguano, uh, the offensive lineman yeah. who a lot of people thought, you know, was the guy, and he, he ends up being – you know, the, the best first offensive lineman, lineman yeah. Well, you, you, you had a you got a former Eagles executive who all of a sudden goes over to the Giants, and you have a coaching staff uh, and, and a personnel director who came from the Buffalo Bills, and you know how the Buffalo Bills have done a great job through the years recently of building their team through the draft. So now you know how he has realized. I've got a guy over uh, in my competitor who knows how we think and what we like. And I've got two guys who have proven track records at building teams the right way in Buffalo. So, you know, obviously in terms of wins and losses, the Giants are still behind the Eagles. But, Mm -hmm. you know, a team like the Giants is slowly closing the gap with the personnel they have over there selecting players now. Yeah, still still certainly a quarterback short there. And they they decline the option, the fifth-year option. Uh, on Daniel Jones. Yeah. All right, we don't need to run through all of them here, but Evan Neal was the other pick by the Giants. Washington takes Jahan Dotson and the Cowboys. Uh, now, that was but, shocking. That was shocking to me. The, the Dotson pick. Yes, it was shocking to me. Yeah, um, it, it just didn't, it doesn't feel like a, that, that's maybe, maybe that's a forerunner to, to McLaurin being moved. I, I don't know, but it, it, it was surprising to me with their other holes. They need offensive line help, man. They got to protect. Uh, That's the direction I thought they were going to go. You know, yeah. and you know he's get skittish, get skittish tunes, real skittish. No doubt. So Tyler Smith uh, is the Cowboys selection, who's an offensive tackle out of Tulsa. Uh, you know their line has been taking some hits the yep. last few years for oh, sure. Yeah. It's it's not maybe the sexiest pick, but it's a, a pick that makes sense. You know, from a no, Cowboys we'll see. I beg to differ on that because he needs a lot, a lot of, of um, in and out. I, I watched a little film on him. He needs a lot of, of coaching. He's not a, he's not a polished um, jewel right now. He's he, raw. He, he's, he's very, very raw. He's explosive though. Great athlete, great competitor. He overextends himself with being so aggressive that he gets beat a lot um, because he is so aggressive. He's got to learn the yin to this yang to learn how to sit back sometimes. Sometimes, you know, offensive line is not always about going in and mashing on people. Sometimes you got to sit back, let things develop, and then, you know, you know, take their head off. And he has to find that fine balance between being aggressive, being overly aggressive. So he's going to take some work. He won't start his first year. All right. I, I want to throw this at you. Uh, and we have Jeff McLean, who's going to be joining us uh, at the top of the hour. And we're going to show you uh, – we had Jeff on – 
two days back, a uh, little when, when Jeff's with us, we'll show you a tweet of what Jeff had to say when he was with us. It was uh, prophetic to say the least. Mm-hmm. But you have David Ajabu, you you have Nick Benito, yet you, you have uh, Boy Muffet, you have those guys still there on the edge. You have yep. Andrew Booth, you have Kyle mm-hmm. Gordon, you have Cam Taylor Britt. They're all still there. You have some pretty decent safety options in, in Petrie and, and Brisker. They're, they're, one of those guys or, or you know, are going to be there when the Eagles select, mm-hmm. that's for sure. Or Christian Harris, also linebacker from uh, Alabama. Alabama, right? Uh, uh, Chad Muma, who, when we had Brian Baldinger on last week, was in the film room with him and, and loves the kid. I mean, yep. couldn't say enough yep. good things. So my point is you, you're you still going to get a pretty impactful player here at 51, or at least you should, a guy who could maybe get on the field right away for you. Yep. And then all of a sudden you're looking at – I. It's not fair to say A.J. Brown was a pick, but the first three players involved in your draft, all probably on the field doing a lot, kind of like last year. Well, we thought, we we kept saying whatever the Eagles decided to do, if they stayed with two picks, they had to be impact players. They had to be two players that could give them immediate help because of deficiencies at wide receiver on the defensive side. And they went out and did that. You know, again, how he gave up a lot of draft capital to do what he wanted to do, but – you got one player on the offensive side that will enhance your passing game significantly. Um, and you got a guy on the defense that is a first round draft pick, but he doesn't have to come in here and be the man right away. But because of his body size, he's going to play an important role in spelling those other two Pro Bowl D tackles in front of him. So, you know, I, I, I can't give Howie kudos enough, you know, for doing what he did so far. And you're right, Rob. I mean, I'm looking at some of the talent still out there in the draft. You're going to get players that may not be quote-unquote starters right away, mm. but players that have the skill set that can help you out right away in a lot of areas. And the quicker you can get them up to speed, the better it enhances your depth department in case somebody goes down. Because let's face it, every team in the league is going to lose somebody significantly, whether it's the training camp or the regular season, and you better have players up to speed so that they can fill the gaps. There's too many, too many teams out there that have positions where – you have a starter, and then you have a distant second guy, and to get and the drop off is significant. But the Eagles are still in draft position to where they can get a guy in that second round where you will have three players that can help this team out immediately. Yeah. Well, I, I'm gonna give you, I'm gonna give a, I'm gonna give the stream somebody to look at, and we talked about him a little bit before earlier in the week or maybe last week, but uh, Tyreek Woolen, okay, cornerback mm-hmm. um, from uh, I think it was the University of Texas. Um, San Antonio, yeah. I think that's where. And I did a game for him this year. Okay. I, I watched film on the game, and, and and he's about six foot four, cornerback, six foot four, six four corner. Yeah. He's taller than Sauce Gardner. Wow, yeah, six four, long, lanky, and like, fast, like a Richard Sherman. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Okay, perfect analogy right there. But I think he's more so a man to man cornerback, and I think. No, that's just a perfect there there it is right there. Just look yeah. this guy up. Tyree okay. Buller. Yeah, okay. I mean, he, right. you know, he you know, Richard Sherman, and don't forget he was a fifth round pick. He was a, he was a receiver he at was a, Stanford. Yeah. yeah. And, and they, people they wonder what, what what is Seattle doing taking this guy in the fifth round? Yeah. And look look at his career, how it turned out. No doubt. No doubt. All right, let's take a timeout. We'll come back. Jeff McLean from the Philadelphia Inquirer joins us. Jeff was all over this thing about what direction the Eagles may go in this draft. We'll talk to him about it, how they did, how the teams around the Eagles did, and what they may do tonight. D. Gunn, Barrett Brooks, Rob Ellis, Sports Take, Jacob Media, YouTube Network. 
Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. All right, did you know I was the Mommy Slam Dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, go to left. Fake a mom. Mama, go. Oh, mama! She did it. Again. You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh-huh. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. following is a real testimonial from the father of a young injured victim. I didn't think she was going to make it. Major Perry's daughter was the victim of a horrific accident caused by someone else's negligence. If you don't find the right counselor, law firm that you're looking for, you will get lost in the wilderness. Badly injured? Call the Fritz and Bianculli Law Firm at 215-458-2222 and find out why they say, we got this. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Back, final hour of the program, Sports Take. Derek Gunn, Barrett Brooks, Rob Ellis, Jacob Media, YouTube Network. And again, great night last night down at Ocean Casino Resort and uh, all our friends at Top Golf. Uh, it was an absolute blast, that's for sure. Appreciate everybody who stopped out to hang out with us. All right, our next guest, you know him, you love him from the Philadelphia Inquirer. He uh, he joined us two days ago. And Xander, let's throw the – Throw the uh, tweet up there because this is a direct quote from Jeff regarding what the Eagles could do in the draft in the first round. And this is from Jeff directly, Jeff McLean. I'm projecting Jordan Davis to be the guy they need to move up a few picks to get. And that's exactly what happened. Jeff, let's walk through it, man. And yes, as we, as we, we're not worthy. We're uh, not worthy. Actually, I had him going up to 11, so I was wrong there. <laughs> All right, then we're done, Jeff. You got to go. Let's say not the only one who had Eagles picking Jordan Davis, but I think a lot of people thought that they could get him at number fifteen. And in fact, 
there's a chance they could have gotten him at number 15, but I, mm-hmm. but how he was aggressive. And, and as we've seen over the years, when he moves up in the first round, particularly in those first 13 picks, he has done pretty well. Yeah. Well, so they, so they essentially sniffed it out that Baltimore was going to grab him, Jeff, and they, they kind of read the room, which is one of, I think one of Howie's strengths is reading the room about, you know, players that they like. Is, is that how it shook out? Or was this a guy they had targeted, you know, and wanted at all costs? Yeah, I, I don't know for a fact whether the Ravens wanted him. I just think mm-hmm. that it made sense. I mean, this is a, a guy that uh, would anchor the defensive front, both uh, odd man or even man. And we've seen the Ravens make this type of move before. So my guess is that they're Intel and they have a lot of people who have worked in that front office before probably thought that that was an area that they would have to go. And therefore they felt, okay, we got to jump them to make this move. Uh, your question that you asked was who else maybe they have been interested in, or was this the guy all along? I, mean, I think, I think they probably were focused on two guys is my estimation uh, my guess. And Jameson Williams would have been the other one. And we saw him go number 12, but they probably felt very confident about taking both. Uh, there is some projection with both with Will, with Williams. Of course, he's coming off the ACL injury, although ACLs aren't as big of a deal as they used to be in the past. And with Jordan Davis, you know, for him to be to really ultimately warrant that pick, he's got to be an effective pass rusher on third downs. And that was something he didn't do much in college. So there's certainly concern there. Uh, that being said, the Eagles, based upon what they've seen from him, the freakish size and athleticism, they believe that at some point he can do that as well. So, Jeff, when you and kudos to you for 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 putting that out there on social media a few days ago. But when you honed it on Davis compared to what other needs they had on this team, um, why did you think they would lean towards another D tackle, especially when you thought about the wealth they already had and the depth they have at the rotation at the D tackle at this time, when they could have addressed some of the other needs they needed? Yes, yeah, certainly. I mean, I think there were certain things. Well, well, number one, my intel was telling me that they love this kid. I was okay. hearing, I mean, typically Eagles are very good about covering their tracks, but mm-hmm. when they really love somebody, it does, as you know, Gunner. It, yep. it tends to kind of seep out a little bit. I mean, that happened last year with Devontae Smith. I had them drafting Devontae Smith, so mm-hmm. I didn't two in a row uh, for me. And that was what – Carson also. Remember Carson's year? Same way, Carson's year. Right, right. Carson we knew. So the, uh, that was what I heard about Jordan Davis. Um, in terms of need, yeah, you could say immediate need, not there. Right, but you're looking at Fletcher Cox in the last year of his deal. You're looking at Javon Hart, and and Fletcher is. I think this is definitely going to be his last year. Mm-hmm. Javon Hargrave is in the last year of his contract. Mm-hmm. Although I can see them re-upping him, but if they don't want to, they have Milton Williams, uh, third round pick from last year, who has shown some promise, mm-hmm. and then they have Jordan Davis, who you know is going to have to he's going to have to start at some point. Um, they don't have to accelerate this kid, which because they got to teach him how to play uh, the way they want him to play. There isn't a lot for him to learn in terms of the scheme. There's, there's a lot of, it was a multiple front in Georgia. That is pretty much what Jonathan Gannon runs here. Um, but the reason why I thought Davis, besides what I'd heard, et cetera, is like, I mean, this is what, how he does. I mean, they solidify the front I mean, on both sides of the ball. That's where they have, gone i know there was some noise out there about cornerback i think they would have been willing to move up for someone like daryl stingley or sauce gardner if they had dropped to maybe six or seven mm. that was never the case 
And safety, I never thought Kyle Hamilton was really in serious play because that's just not where they go. That's not a positional uh, value to them in the first round. I know Kyle Hamilton could be end up being a phenomenal safety, uh, but I just felt like Jordan Davis fit most of the uh, most of the you know was, was was within most of the parameters that typically the Eagles set for themselves in the first round. Hmm. All right, Jeff, Jeff, the concerns are you know the the pass rush when it comes to Davis. We know he could be just an unbelievable run stuffer. Didn't play a ton in, in terms of percentage of snaps. I think thirty eight percent his senior year at Georgia. How much of that is the team was stacked? They were rotating guys in and out. Uh, you know, frankly, they got up on a lot of teams during the regular season and maybe wasn't in there as much or whatever. How do you, I guess, account for some of the concerns that people have with the pass rush aspect of it? Yeah. And that was the scheme and you know, his job as a nose, you know, wasn't always playing nose, the zero or one technique, wherever was to, was a lot of times to hold up blockers or to just be the, the, you know, the mammoth man in the middle of that uh, defense and the free up space for the linebackers and the edges to make plays on the ball. And that's what we saw. So he was doing his job. Uh, I think some people would watch this film. They're like, Oh, he's not giving effort. Well, no, he, uh, he's two gapping. I mean, he's basically doing his job there. And I think what the Eagles saw, and, and, and I think this just wasn't on what they, what he did at the combine or the pro day was what he showed on film. I mean, you see it. I mean, you see how spry a foot he can be chasing down mm-hmm. uh, ball carriers in the backfield. You know, the, everyone talks about the four, seven, eight, 40 yard dot, dash. What about the one, six, eight, 10 yard split, which is really more important when you're talking about pass rushers? What about the 123 inch uh, broad jump, mm-hmm. which you're not jumping on quarterbacks, but you do have to kind of use that leaping ability at times when you're trying to run down quarterbacks and ball carriers. Mm-hmm. So I think for the Eagles, they were able to make that proje- projection in terms of what they believe he can do at some point in the pass rush. And I think. You know, bottom, you know, in terms of like the, the ceiling or the, the lowest floor here, you have a run stuffing two down guy. Um, and I don't think there's really any expectations that he will not be uh, a guy who will be a starter here for a long time based upon just that. And then you add in the pass r- rushing uh, potential. And then you have a guy that maybe you have a guy that warrants what they ultimately gave up for him, which was four draft picks. Mm. Well, when you look at it now, you know, does this put the hot, um, you know, the hot seat on on Gannon being as though they've they've used a lot of capital on Gannon this year, you know, from a pass rushing linebacker, a linebacker, will linebacker. Now, the first pick in the draft, first pick the Eagles have in the defensive lineman, how much pressure do they have on Gannon right now to have some success? Well, I mean, they there needed to be a little bit of a resetting of the defensive side of the ball. I mean, we've seen the draft and what they've. They haven't drafted a defensive player in the first two rounds since 2017. Uh, so this needed to be done at some point. And you mentioned um, Hassan Reddick, um, what was was an important addition for them because the, the edges need to be addressed. They still have guys there. They have Josh Sweat, uh, Brandon Graham. They're bringing back Derek Barnett. Uh, correct. Yeah. And I wouldn't rule a uh, Teron Jackson and I wouldn't rule out them maybe even dra- drafting a, an edge in the second round here. Uh, but you mentioned Gannon, uh, you know, the scheme last year, it was much different than what Philadelphia was used to. And I think a lot of people had a tough time watching that. It's very passive, particularly in the coverage. 
areas. And he had guys playing out of position. He was playing a multiple front. You had small guys playing five technique. And I think to some extent, Jonathan, need, they need to get guys in here that, that could play John's scheme. And what you have now is you have a true nose tackle that can play when they go with a five-man front. I mean, Milton Williams kind of handled that role a lot last year. But but now you have a guy at least can fill that. And then you can have Javon – and you can ha- and Javon did some of the nose tackle stuff too. But you have Javon, who's more of a three technique, and you have Fletcher, who's more of a three technique. They can fill those five technique roles when you go five man front, and this allows Jonathan Gannon to 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 run his scheme with guys that are suited to those roles. Mm. Yeah, you got Jeff, a lot. Go ahead, oh, go, no, go 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 go. I was, I was going to say, what's your sense then? The, the, so it was kind of it's it was really a twofold kind of night. Uh, then they trade eighteen, and it ends up you know with with some other pieces here it ends up being aj brown how long was this in the works here and did you sense that one coming down the road no i did not um so i mean i was right on the i mean i thought they would trade out of 18 you know mm-hmm. from understood they saw the difference makers fall off after probably the first dozen maybe a few more there they could hang around they had first round grades on but then after that it drops off and i felt like 18 they're not going to pick at 18 um and they were going to tr- trade back in the second round well, lo and behold, they were working on this deal uh, for AJ yeah. Brown. Sounds like maybe 24 hours into working. I'm sure maybe something a little bit before that had been touched upon with them and the Titans. But it sounds like the Titans were trying to get something done with AJ Brown. It's just at some point they realized they couldn't get this deal done. They weren't willing to match uh, his demands, which were $25 million a year. So I'm sure Howie had kind of at one point said, hey, you know, if you guys don't think you can make the contract work, et cetera, Call us back. So John Robinson mm-hmm. and Mike Vrabel called them back. And I'm sure that they had it kind of like they had a couple things set up. You know, if we get Jamison Williams, then, okay, we're going to back out of this deal. If we don't get Jamison Williams, we get Jordan mm-hmm. Davis. And let's see how everything plays out. Maybe one of these receivers drops. Maybe we hang around and see if we can get uh, one of these receivers uh, with the second pick at number 18. Well, that wasn't the case. The receivers went bang, 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 bang. The top four right before the Eagles pick. And all even Jahan Dotson, who I think they, they liked also went as well so you got this set in place and you gave up two picks for him and you signed him to a four-year 100 million dollar 57 million dollar guaranteed contract which is a hefty price to pay um mm-hmm. and, and i didn't see that coming because how we've been arguing for a long time now look, look they despite what howie'd said about oh we got Devontae, and we quez we like they made an effort to address the wide receiver hole they tried to trade for Calvin Ridley. They were in discussions for Christian Kirk, uh, Allen Robinson. I think Robert Woods is another guy that they they were interested in. And, you know, they weren't really kind of involved in Tyreek Hill because that would cost a lot. And, and Hill wanted to go to Miami, and they weren't really involved in Devontae Adams. He wanted to go to Las Vegas. That was going to cost a lot. This didn't cost as much uh, for them. But that being said, I mean, the argument against it is you could have drafted one of these receivers and had him under contract for five years in the first round, four round, four uh, four years if you drafted him after that. Um, and there's a lot of talent in this draft. And you you saw it last year with Devontae Smith. They hit on that guy. But at some point, you're going to have to pay Devontae Smith. So can you afford all these guys? That being said, I'm talking a lot here. A.J. Brown's 24 years old. He's not even 25. I mean, this is – Right. Same as those guys. Yep. Right. Um, but go ahead. And I can tell you why I think – maybe the Titans were willing to to make this. Move. Well, real quick off of that, Jeff, you're also in a position where, at least right now, you're not paying your starting quarterback or your backup. 
anything, you know, relatively speaking, it's peanuts. So it gives you maybe a little bit more flexibility, but tell me why the, uh, the Titans were ready to move on. Well, I think that's probably the number one reason they just couldn't afford him. They have a contract they've given to uh, the Ryan Tannehill. This is why Tyree Kill couldn't stay in Kansas. One of the reasons why Tyree Kill couldn't stay in Kansas City, uh, mostly why Devontae Adams couldn't stay in Green Bay. You have contract, huge contracts um, devoted to quarterbacks. The Eagles don't have that here with Jalen Hurts. Um, that said, I mean Tennessee could have made it work if they wanted wanted to, and I. I there's, there's injury concerns with this guy. I mean, he's missed six games over the last two years over various injuries. Uh, it's, it's something he's popped up on the injury report a bunch of times. He's played through stuff. Uh, the, the one thing, uh, the Eagles had him as a medical red flag heading into the 2019 draft. They still had it rated as their second best receiver and their best slot receiver heading into that draft. And he was drafted two picks before Miles Sanders, six picks before J.J. Ortega-Whiteside. So maybe they never had the opportunity to take him and, and maybe would have taken him despite the red flag about what I understand to be one of his knees. Now he gets there into Tennessee. Uh, second year, he's got a bone bruise. He's had some knee strains. He had a bone bruise. Uh, had a minor cleanup surgery on both knees a, a little bit over a year ago. So you got to wonder, I mean, is this, is this why Tennessee was willing to part with what everyone is, everyone says is an elite receiver at 24 that they've had in their building for three years? That typically doesn't happen. Um, but, Rob, as you mentioned, I think the main factor is the market's exploding on wide receivers, and they just figured they couldn't, they couldn't match what he wanted to get paid. Okay, Jeff, so how much more pressure does this now put on Jalen Hurts? He's only been a starter for one year. It takes two, three years for a quarterback truly to develop. But now that you go out and get an A.J. Brown, you have Devontae Smith, you expect more from Quez Watkins. How much more is this going to enhance the pressures that's going to fall on this young man's shoulders? In my opinion, the pressures were there. The pressures are there no matter what at the position. Yeah. And, the pressures, <laughs> and the pressure was there even before the A.J. Brown. Yep. Because the Eagles have already made it very clear that this is his last year. To You know, even with the – they made it clear – this whole entire offseason. And what really made it clear was when they traded one of the one of the three first rounders for a first rounder in 2023, clearly mm-hmm. to set themselves up with the capability of getting a quarterback next offseason. Mm-hmm. But as you mentioned, this does increase it a little more. Um, he he has no there's no anybody, and I don't think Jalen would ever make these excuses, but anybody who would make these excuses say, Oh, well, you didn't give him enough talent around him. Well exactly. Yeah. yeah, he's got he's got one of the best offensive lines in the NFL. He's got two good he's got two above average receivers. He's got a, a very good tight, above average tight end. He's got some guys in the backfield. Miles Sanders, can he get? I mean, they he's got talent around him uh, to go out there and do it. And I think they think he's going to improve. Is he going to show enough um, for long term commitment, et cetera, uh, to be determined? Yeah, interesting. Uh, so I, I, go ahead, back. No, I'm 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 looking at you know offensively where they are um because the draft is working out the way it is they only have four picks left what direction do you think the the eagles are going now that they have you know went in and and, and spent the big money so to say you know well, i mean is there... they cut their picks in half i mean they went from 10 to five now and and they want five plus aj brown um and how we kind of remarked upon that and said, oh, Andy Weidel, uh, vice president of player personnel, and his staff are probably angry at me. Um, so, and he said, I got you, which means, suggests to me that it's it's a, a move back from 51 is in play to mm. add ammunition, to give them more mm. picks. Um, 
now you dilute what you could get there. But I think they think this this second round range, a lot of the guys are comparable. So maybe you take a little dip back and you still get somebody uh, that's significantly good. I think, you know, to, to me, um, edge rusher, safety, cornerback, and even linebacker should be the four positions I think that because there's a lot of guys at those at those positions mm-hmm. that would be play. I just threw it. I mean, David Ajabo, we all know about him. First round talent had the had the Achilles. If he's there at number fifty one, um, we've seen the Eagles willing to to draft guys to coming off injuries with Sidney Jones. I, I I wouldn't see surprised to see them taking him there. Um, Arnold uh, E B Kitetti, is that how you pronounce it? The Penn State edge rusher. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, Nick Bonito. I'm looking down here. Uh, cornerback Andrew Booth is, is a guy uh, that a lot of people have slotted in the first round. From what I heard, he's got some medical issues. That's probably why he's dropped a little bit. Kyle Love um, and then safety, Jalen Petrie. Jaycon uh, Brisker from Penn State, another guy. Uh, another Nittany Lion would be the guys. And then a linebacker, Nakobe Dean from Alabama is still out there. He's another guy with medical issues. Um, Christian Harris, Alabama. Alabama, yep. In the middle there. And uh, David, uh, I'm sorry, Chad Mumo. Um, and then, you know, maybe there's an O-lineman that they could be that could be fine to treating enough for a running back. Um, but I really think I would focus on those four positions and those uh, dozen names. But they're going to have to they're going to have to tap into this free agent pool to solidify the cornerback in the safety spot, because you can't rely. Even if you do get a safety in a corner in a draft, you can't really rely on these kids to step in and, and give you quality right off the bat. I mean, this is a significant learning curve they're going to make at least for the first half of the season. Gunner, that's a great point. I mean, um, you know, by, by going for AJ Brown and, and really forgetting um, Jordan Davis, because as you guys met, wasn't, wasn't an immediate need. Yeah. Uh, their back seven is still depleted. I mean, yeah. you still gotta, you still gotta cover these receivers. You're going out and getting receivers. Uh, so you're telling us the value of the position. Well, why aren't you getting guys who can cover these receivers? And right now, it's it, Darius Slay is a, a good cornerback. Um, I, I think Avante Maddox is a good slot. Mm-hmm. But Zach, Zach McPherson on paper is the other starting cornerback. At safety, you have Anthony Harris, which is fine, whatever. And then Marcus Epps is the other starting safety. And you typically have a third safety that needs to play. And I don't even know who that is. Kayvon Wallace, maybe? Kayvon Wallace, yeah, that's what I would think. Yeah. Yeah. So, you, I mean, they're going to I mean, like how he has done this before last year, he was able to get um, uh, Steven Nelson yep. after the draft. Uh, Tyron Matthew is still out there. Uh, a guy that you you only signed a one year contract. He can like maybe be a stopgap, you know, mm-hmm. if they draft the safety here on, on day two. I'd be surprised if they didn't at least dress cornerback or safety here today. Um, but you make a valid point. I mean, yes. Look. The, we all believe that the pass rush and defensive line is is the most important part of a defense. But when those guys can't get home, or let's just say there's holes in the back of the secondary because these guys can't cover anybody, yeah. well, it's not going to matter what the pass rush is doing because they're not going to have time to get home. Yeah. yeah. Jeff, what's your sense of what their neighbors did, uh, what Washington did? They got Dotson, who we talked about a little bit earlier, what the Giants did with their two picks and then what the Cowboys did with the offensive linemen. There's a new GM in town in New York, guys. You can't make fun of them anymore. No. <laughs> we, we miss Gettleman. Miss him a lot. Yeah. 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 Uh, 
that was a good draft, I felt. They made the right move in taking the defensive at Kayvon uh, Thibodeau first mm-hmm. because they, they probably felt, oh, we got two tackles here that we were going to – either one we love. So take Thibodeau because if he got the six, I really think Howie might have been, okay, we're going to make the move now up for this guy who's a supreme talent. Yes, there's some questions about him off the field. But in terms of on the field, he's, he's one of the best players in the draft. Um, so they got – they addressed that, and then they addressed their – their long time deficiency on the offensive line mm-hmm. uh, by getting um, who'd they take? Neil. They take? Neil. Neil. Yeah. Evan, Evan Neal. Yeah. And then Washington traded back. So they accumulated a, a pick. And uh, my guess is that when those receivers, those four receivers went, um, they didn't like Jamison Williams enough. I was surprised by that, uh, but felt like Dotson. Um, with someone that they liked. Uh, I like him a lot, too. I think he's a good receiver, so I, I can't criticize that. I don't know for certain from what I've heard just from talking to scouts. This, this kid um, certainly deserved to be mentioned in that in that conversation of being one of the five best, best receivers. And then the Cowboys was interesting because uh, the tackle they took, uh, I didn't see a lot of people taking him in the first round. Who knows? Remember, I think everybody made fun of them when they took Travis Frederick years back, uh, the center late in that in that draft. No, oh, you're pushing the knee. Well, he ended up being a, a, an all pro. So um, obviously the, the jury is still out on all these picks, but, uh, and the giants were in a great position to have two uh, picks within the first seven uh, picks. Uh, but I would say they did well. Washington. We'll, we'll see how it goes. And mm-hmm. Dallas, you know, maybe a little bit of surprise, but um, um, they, their past history suggests that they know what they're doing when they're driving. I'm sorry. Were you surprised that Drake London was the first receiver off the board? I was. Yeah. I thought it'd be Garrett Wilson, yeah. um, just to based based upon his uh, his athletic ability. Um, Drake London has a lot. Don't get me wrong. This guy could be uh, the next Mike Evans. Uh, but this, you know, when he didn't run the forty and that kind of stuff, I just like, oh, that 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 concerns me. And then you have like the level of competition, uh, Pac-10 versus um, SEC. Uh, excuse me, um, Big Ten, and of course uh, Ohio State always playing in in, in um, playoff games. I wondered, you know, why he would go first. But and then you look at the Falcons and you, you drafted a big guy. You already have kind of a, a big target in uh, Pitts. Kyle Pitts. Yeah. Um, but who knows? I mean, I think London is a great is a great player and, and should play well. But I was a little surprised by that. Yeah. Uh, back to the Eagles, Jeff, with, with Jalen Rager and what this means for him. Where do you think this this how this portends? Is this basically, hey, man, you're on notice now. Is there any chance he's not on the team? I know it's a big cap hit. How do you, you think this plays out for him? Yeah, I found it real well. I didn't. Find, I guess I found it predictable. I mean, not predictable. How he's been down this road before when he's had a player that hasn't lived up to expectations. He was asked about whether past history drafting receivers would influence his, his drafts <clears throat> of, of the receiver this year. This is last year pre-draft availability, media availability. And he kind of, without being asked about Rager directly, brought him up and said, oh, this kid's doing the work, blah, 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 blah. And then they've kind of hyped him up. And I'm like, all right, well, I mean, they're trying to trade him um, to no great surprise. Uh, but are they going to get anything for him of value? Probably not. The NFL teams, despite what the Eagles are saying, watch the film. And and it's not just that Jalen wasn't producing. To me, it's just a lot of it's just like confidence and bad body language. And, um, you know, I don't think he's a bad kid. And I think he's probably working hard this offseason. I just, I just wonder if it, if, if it makes sense for him to be here. Mm-hmm. That being said, because especially what happened in the playoff game, um, 
and and I don't think he really is even a punt returner. So that could a lot of that blame could be placed upon the Eagles and putting him in that in that position. Uh, that being said, you mentioned the contract. Yeah, it's a it's a cap hit. Um, maybe the maybe they'll you know give us your kind of your damaged goods for our damaged goods, and we'll throw in a pick, <laughs> throw back a pick, and it makes it look better. Or we'll include you in something um, to get something else in return, and uh, maybe they'll maybe they'll do that because at this point he's the fourth receiver, right? Yep. And maybe even the fifth behind Zach Pascal. Yeah. He's probably behind Miles Sanders, Kenny Gainwell, Dallas Goddard, maybe whoever the eighth or ninth option. I mean, so you bring him in maybe if you can't trade him and just see how it goes. I mean, he has the talent. He has the talent. He has he has the skill set. Uh, it's just all the other things that I think are are factoring into yeah. why he hasn't done it at this level. Where, where do you put um, Andre Dillard as far as tradeability right now? With um, offensive line, I mean, you, you can never find a, a a left tackle that come in and start right now. And I really think that Andre has definitely played himself into consideration as being a starting left tackle for somebody in the league. Right. I mean, he's done. He's shown it. He's shown film that he can at least uh, start at the position. So my guess is that Howie wants to get something significant in return. He's not going to get a first rounder. Probably not a second rounder. I could see him asking for a second rounder, taking a third rounder, and maybe fourth rounder is more of a reality. And as we mentioned about him adding more picks, that's the one way he can do it. Um, from what I understand, he's he's told Dillard that he doesn't plan on trading him, but a, a million things can happen. They're not going to pick up his fifth-year option. Um, so that tells you ultimately what they think about him in terms of his long-term here. But as we saw last year, injuries happen on the offensive lines. Right, yep. And he, able, and he was able to step in for a few games, and they were able to, they were able to – to play essentially well in those games. He balled. He balled. He, I like him now. I do. I like him now. Yeah. Uh, he's got the physical tools. Um, you know, a lot of it was the strength thing for him. He was just, he just get, he would get knocked over sometimes. But in terms of pass sets and stuff like that, he's got great technique. Feet. Yeah. Yep. And you know better than anybody. Um, so they think there's some value there. And, and if they have to keep them as a backup and if they don't get what they're asking for, I could see them definitely doing that uh, for another year. Yep. Jeff, thanks, man. The, la- the Your last two appearances before and after. Thank you, bro. Really do appreciate it. You can follow yep. Jeff appreciate you, bro. Yep. at Jeff underscore McLean. Of course, inquire.com is where all of Jeff's work is. Jeff, thanks, man. Have a great weekend. Appreciate we it, Swami. Talk to you soon. All, all right, right bro. Take, <laughs> take care. That's Jeff McLean. All right. Let's uh, let's step aside our final time out of the program, guys. We'll keep it rolling here with the Eagles and the draft talk, the Sixers talk. We may even sneak in a little Phillies who uh, have won four straight to climb back to 10 and 10 on the season as they take on the Mets this weekend. Don't go anywhere. Barrett Brooks, Derek Gunn, Rob Ellis, Sports Take, Jacob Media, YouTube Network. Go for the midnight tears. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. All right, did you know I was the Mommy Slam Dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really. Don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right. Go to left. Fake a mom. Mama, go. Oh, mama! She did it. Again, you can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh huh. 
field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. The following is a real testimonial from the father of a young injured victim. I didn't think she was going to make it. Major Perry's daughter was the victim of a horrific accident caused by someone else's negligence. If you don't find the right counselor, law firm that you're looking for, you will get lost in the wilderness. Badly injured? Call the Fritz and Bianculli Law Firm at 215-458-2222 and find out why they say, we got this. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Friday Sports Take. Welcome back in, everybody. 12 to 3, Monday through Friday, right here, Jacob Media YouTube Network. Tell a friend, smash that like button for sure. Um, naturally, guys, coming off the unbelievable sports day and night that we had yesterday with started with a Phillies win, Sixers take care of business in the playoffs, they advance to the second round, and then the Eagles make a lot of noise by trading up, taking Jordan Davis, making a trade to get A.J. Brown. So let's go back to the former for the first thing that I mentioned there with the Phillies. Uh, they knock off the Rockies 7-1. to Really took it to them in this series, man. And, and the Rockies, it was a lot of self-inflicted wounds, too. Make no mistake, they were just brutal. Seven errors in four games, 10 unearned runs. But to the Phillies' credit, they took advantage of it. Here's what's most impressive to me, guys, with what's happening with this team right now. Yes, the offense has come around, and I expected that. But their starting pitching has been absolutely phenomenal of mm-hmm. late. Mm-hmm. How about the last five games, Philly starters? You ready for this? Six earned runs in those five games mm. in 30 and two-thirds innings. These mm. guys are dealing right now. We've been waiting for Zach Wheeler to come around, and that outing he had yesterday was what we are expecting of him consistently. You know, his velocity's up. His ball placement, man, is, is mm. right where you thought it would be. But you're right. Um, this is a Phillies team, and we knew – we knew they were going to hit that that spell where they were going to turn around. They have too much talent on this team. Yeah, you know, in baseball, you know, 162 games, you have ebbs and flows. It's going to happen. And I know a lot of people here get impatient because they want them to come out of the gate and they want them to beat the Mets. You know, to, you know, that's not not what this Philly team was doing. You know, right. And I think the worst thing to happen was they got off to that two and zero start. Yeah. Everybody's like, here we go, here we, <laughs> here we go. But you know what? Hey, look, we're not even in May yet. We still got plenty of baseball to play. If that pitching can hold up and that hit, let's just say the hitting is like this, but not like this. They're going to, I'm going to say it right now. They're going to win the division. 
you know, and it's a huge series they got coming up against the Mets. I can't wait to see this series unfold against the Mets because right now the Mets are sitting on the mountaintop and you yeah. got to take them down a little bit. 14 you know, and 6 there. 14 I mean, and 6. Wow. And, yeah. it's not, and it's not an accident. The Mets are 14 and 6. Mm-hmm. They have been getting the pitching. They have been getting the hitting. We knew coming out of spring <laughs> training, the Mets were going to have a good pitching staff, and they came out of the gate, and the pitching has been really good. Mm-hmm. But now the Phillies are starting to level off now and they're starting to play the kind of ball we thought they should play. So I expect this to be a really good series coming up. I'm with you, man. And look, we saw Nola last Sunday through no oh. fault of his own. Oh. It's great, right? He's he's on the mound again tonight, so we're going to see if he can continue to build off of that. You go Gibson and then Eflin in this series, then they get a day off. So, yeah, this is – you want to get an early measuring stick of, of just what you are? Yeah, you're taking on a team that's playing as well as anybody in baseball right now in the Mets. Well, you have to get that, yeah. man. You know, and and, and that, like I said, that's that's the key. Once Nola gets going and he's get, he's going right now, Wheeler is, 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 is on pace now, so – that's exactly all they needed. You know, of course, defensively, you know, I mean, that, that, they're going to struggle, but yeah. Bowman, Bond, he's playing well enough that, you know, we're going to be okay from that aspect, man. So I, I, I still have faith, a lot of faith in them. And they're, they're on that upward trend. I just got to see, man, you know, pitching is just, you know, one of those things that is so iffy for these guys. I mean, just so iffy. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, you, you went in, being able to depend on Wheeler if he stays healthy, that the guy's a beast. You didn't know about Nola. I mean, the last couple of years haven't been good enough, simply put. Gibson's fine in the middle of the order. Uh, Eflin, if he can stay healthy, he's going to be good. Suarez had a really good year last year, but was that an anomaly? And the good news is, the thing with a guy like Suarez, he always keeps you in the game, man. It's always like six innings, three runs. You're always right there. It's always that quality start. Gibson, for considering he's the a bottom of the rotation guy, has been pretty good for them for the most part. Eflin has held up, and he looks good. I mean, these are all really good signs. The bullpen's better. I'm not telling it's a great bullpen because it's not a great bullpen, but compared to the crap and the slop that they were throwing out there. Right, right, right. You know, the last few years, the bullpen's much improved, for sure. And, and you have an, an expanded playoff here. It doesn't mean, you know, even if you don't get in by winning your division, you could still get into the playoffs. So – I think there's a distinct possibility that this team is a playoff team. The problem is you have the Mets playing really well. And, and I know there's questions whether that's going to keep up or not. I think the Marlins right. will fade. The Braves are going to play better. They're getting Acuna Jr. back. Uh, Braves are 9-11, and 11, by the way, just to put it in perspective. Phillies 10-10. and 10, So they haven't had a good start either. The, the National League is tough, man. I, I mean, you look at the West. Giants, Dodgers, Padres, all teams with 13-12 and 12 wins. Mm. You know, the, the Central. Brewers are off to a pretty decent start. We saw mm-hmm. them a little bit earlier, 13 and, and 7. And you never count St. Louis out. Barrett, no, you know that. No. Uh, you know, they're always in it. So it's not an easy league by any stretch. And don't count out the Cubs. The Cubs yeah. always find a way to falter in September. But they give a lot of the good teams fits when they play them, you know, between May May and August. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that that's another team. So there's a whole lot of balance in that National League. And I think in every division – you know, you're going to have to – I think the Giants Giants and the Dodgers are the creme de la creme out west. Mm-hmm. But the other divisions, it's going to be jockeying for position, man. And once the weather heats up, that's when the bats really start heating up. And I'm telling you, man, I, you know, I, I love – I just love baseball, period. It's one of my first loves. And I can't wait until the summer months get here when these races start really getting tighter. No question. All right, let's jump around the NBA because we know what the Sixers did, and we'll dig into them a little bit more in a second here. But you look at some of the action last night, and again, I, I, you know, folks were 
were probably pretty preoccupied with everything that was happening in, in Philadelphia, that's for sure. But in addition to the Sixers, you had the Suns taking care of business and finishing off the Pelicans. Did you guys see Chris Paul's stat line by any chance last night? No, I just was Okay, 14 for 14 from the floor. Yeah. He didn't miss a shot. It's, it's okay? ridiculous. He ends up with 33 points, eight assists in a, in a closeout game. I mean, it's as efficient as you could possibly get. So, and he was also, as he is, you know, at times involved in a couple dust ups and questionable plays in terms of you know dirty plays. But whatever, they advance. They put away that pesky Pelicans team. On top of that, the Mavs take care of business against the Jazz, and they they put that series away. Also, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. When I when I look at the Phoenix team. You know, you're talking about Chris Paul, 14 for 14. The man, his career has been lethal. When he penetrates and pulls up in the paint and throws up that elbow jumper, very rarely does he miss. And I'm watching a little bit of that last night, and I mean, he's just stinging a man with this mm-hmm. thing. You can't stop him. You know, And you know what he's going to do, and you can't yep. stop him. That's what makes him as great as he is, is that he dares you to stop his signature mark, and you can't stop him. Yeah, it's so, old man basketball. It is, man. and he's been doing it for for 150 years in the league, yeah. man. It's it's unbelievable. The game changes, but his game never changes. You know, no. these athletes change. He continues to do what got him this far. What is he? 16 years into his career. But isn't that what the great ones do? They make you yes. play at their pace. Yeah, you know, they're, they're yeah. not changing yeah. for you. You know, you you better deal with them. They're not countering for you. I just yeah. wish Harden would do that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But, uh, you know, I, I, you know, the Warriors really, really scare me, man. They are scary. They are frightening. I, I, um, I, 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 look, Boston is scary in the East, in my opinion, with that defense. And, yeah, yeah the Warriors, man, with everybody healthy here, with, with Clay Thompson back, with, with Steph Curry healthy, with Draymond Green back, and their role players have gotten so much better, man. Like oh, the fools of the world. Yeah. Kid. Those guys, that's where you get this kid from. It's the mark of a good organization because they just get better and better and better. And they're, yeah, Jerry Payton, Jerry Payton Jr., or number two. I mean, I mean, you you look at what they're, and I I just can't get past Draymond Green being a center and playing the type of defense he played. Like, he took Jokic, man, and, and, you know, Jokic is going to get his. Yeah. But he fought for every single point that he got, man. And, and that's huge, man. When you, when you're Jokic's you size and you're going against a guy that's, you know, what is he 6'9? He might be, yeah, six, he eight. might not even be that. Yeah. He yeah, might he not might even be 6'8, man, mm-hmm. playing against Jokic, seven footer, man, and, and making him work like he made him work. I mean, that to me, that matchup right there was worth his, you know, worth the, you know, the popcorn I watched and watching that whole series. Yeah. You know, those yeah. two battled it out, man. And you're talking about a core of that group that's been there, done that. You're not going to throw anything at them they haven't seen. So I I thought it was interesting after they closed out this series when you talked to Steph Curry and uh, Thompson when they said, you know, it's been a few years since we knew how to close out a series. You know, when you think about it, I said, well, it's just a couple of years. He said, but that's a long time, man. Mm -hmm. He said, you know, we, we had to get that feel back, that killer instinct back to know how to close out a series. Now, I think, you know, I thought Phoenix was a team that was going to come out of the West. You know, I, I, if I was a betting man, I'd be willing to bet money that Golden State is that team coming out of the West. They do so many things well. They're so lightning fast in the transition game. They have yep. so many mad bombers that can just light it up from beyond the arc. They have their rare luxury. where They have multitude of bombers that just come out and say, hey. basically, their motto is, if you don't shoot, you need to sit down. We, <laughs> we, need, we need guys to shoot. 
And then you got Draymond, who's like the Dennis Rodman of today. He rolls up his sleeves. He gets dirty. He's jawjacking with everybody. He does a lot of the stuff that, that goes unnoticed in the stats. He takes a beating. He dishes out a beating. That's his role that he hopefully accepts. And Golden State looks like that team to me from 2015. It's just everybody can't wait to watch them. They remind me of the, the Lakers of the early 80s for a different reason. You know, when, when it was the Lakers, it was showtime. You had Magic and all these guys running up and down the court. This team is showtime for a different reason because they do so many things, especially in the offensive side of the court, so exceptionally well and so head and shoulders above everybody else in the league right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, there's no doubt. I love the competitive nature of, 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 of how, you know, they're just shimmying through everything, man. You oh. know, it, I, oh. it, it's, it's ridiculous. Clay, man, I, where, where'd you get this guy from, man? You know, how do you, how, how do you have both got, you know, Clay and, 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 Steph. And, and Steph, you know, the way they can shoot. I mean, that's, that's, that's not, that's not fair. It's just really not fair, man. We can't even get one guy like that, let alone they got two. <laughs> no, it, it is. It, it's such rare air that you get two guys who – I mean, that's you're never out of a game, too. They can get you back in the game in two seconds by by, by just firing up shots. That's for right. sure. All right, so back to the Sixers here in the heat. And you look at the way the East is set up. You got Milwaukee and Boston on one side of this thing, on one side of the ledger. You got the Sixers and the Heat on the other one. Derek, you, you, you know, you talk about the – I know you keep a close eye on the Bucks. Yeah. You're talking about a Boston team that, that sweeps through Brooklyn and just just takes it to them, who is playing it. You know, you got a combination of unbelievable defense. Yeah, Jason yeah. Tatum and Jalen Brown right now that have just taken their game to another level. And Al Horford looking like he he dipped into the the fountain of youth, man. All of a sudden, Al, Al Horford is <laughs> launching threes like he yeah. did like eight he's nine dunking. years ago. Guy and, can't jump, and, and he's blocking shots. Yeah. I'm like, what did this happen? Where was he at? When he yeah, was happened when we leave two us. years, yeah. where was that? Right, team? right. I think it only happened when we leave us. I think it'll be a competitive series with Milwaukee, but if Milwaukee doesn't get Chris Middleton back, it's over for them. You know, they may may win one or two games, but but it's over for Milwaukee. Milwaukee has to get back to that defensive style of basketball that helped them win the NBA championship last season. They've played that way sporadically, but not enough. Milwaukee turns the ball over too much. And Boston is the team that capitalizes on your mistake. Milwaukee has to minimize their turnovers and they're going to have to hit their shots from beyond the arc because Boston's not going to give them much coming down the paint. They do as well a job as anybody in the league is terms of clogging the paint and not allowing guys to have free reign running down the seams of the paint. So I think, you know, Milwaukee long live the King, but the King is going to be dethroned after this series. Yeah. Wow. Wow. I, I look, I, I think Boston went well let, let's let's dig into the Sixers. Uh whoa, I you you don't have to get past me like that. No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, I mean the Celtics, you know, they I mean defensively, but I I still don't see anybody that can stop that man over there. I mean, the Greek freak is gonna do his thing, bro. He he you know will. Man? He and, will and 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 I think Middleton's gonna be back also. So I mean it's it's not gonna be a you know tiptoe through the tulips. You know, this is going to be a close series, and I, I think that, you know, the, the, the world champions squeak it out. What? Oh, yeah, like the Bucs, huh? I, I will yeah, say boy, this. I'm on the Celtic side of this one, man. Bo- I, hope, I hope you're right, Barry. I Boston, Boston and Milwaukee split the four games this year, but Jason Tatum mm-hmm. averaged more points per contest against Milwaukee than the freak averaged against Boston. So just keep that in mind as well, which tells me Milwaukee has nobody that can stop Tatum Boston has a collection of guys that can at least slow down uh, the Greek freak to a modest pace. 
you know, instead of allowing him to score 38, 39, they can hold him to 25, 26. Right. If they hold a freak to 25, 26, that's right. That's right. In Boston's backyard. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what they want. Yeah, but right. if Jason Tatum, if Tatum's going off at 35, 37, 33, Milwaukee's in trouble, especially with Jalen Brown on the other side, launching them. Porter. Porter. Bob, look, Bobby up. Porter is a great inspirational player to the Bucks. Porter's going to beat him up. He's too hot and cold, man. You know, especially shoot Bobby Porter. He'll he'll hit five three pointers one game, and then he can't hit the arena the next game. <laughs> and you sit there going like this: Are you kidding me? Why are you shooting the ball? Why are you even shooting? And Drew Holiday's the same way. Drew Holiday's will give you twenty five one night. All of a sudden, he has eight the other night and eight turnovers. Now, right. Drew Holiday is one of the strongest guards in the league. When he gets yeah, in the I paint, trust him in big spots. Yeah, it's, it's hard to you. It's hard to back him down. When I mean, he's a physically strong guy. He's a smart guy, an older player, smart guy. But Drew Holiday makes some of the dumbest mistakes with the basketball you've ever seen at this stage of his career. And again, goes back to the turnover game. If Milwaukee turns the ball over with frequency, mm-hmm. they're gonna be they're gonna be playing catch up. And I don't think Milwaukee can play catch up against Boston. Yeah, I, I think that part's going to be fascinating. And, and so limited action, by the way, uh, yeah. tonight on the NBA schedule. Uh, you know, you're, you're you're looking at only one game. We're not used to that. You know, we're, know. we're getting to that point. But Man. it's, yeah, Memphis and Minnesota. Uh, and right now, Memphis up three games to two. You remember the comeback in that last game and that dunk, that, that poster that, that John Morant put. I mean, it was just absolutely insane. That's been a fun series to watch. I, you know, I would want to fight him, man. I'm not going to lie, bro. I want to fight him, man. <laughs> After that dunk? Yeah, man. You need to go, you, my mama saw that, man. You going to do that to me and my mama saw that, bro? You know? Yeah, yeah I, I hear you. I hear you. All right. So, oh, Sixers goodness. here. And, uh, again, game one, the, the way the schedule works out, it's essentially in every other day early in this thing. They go Monday, Wednesday in Miami, Friday, Sunday, in Philly, and then Tuesday again in Miami if it gets that far. So what what, uh, what do we take away from this thing, this matchup with the Sixers and the Heat? Split during the regular season, and mm. you can't always read too much into that because there were, like I said earlier, a lot of players missing in those games. It was second of a back-to-back in, in a couple of them. So, eh. I, I think it's a Heat series, personally. Um, I think it's – I don't think the Sixers get run over by any stretch. I think a lot of this is going to be what James Harden shows up. Which guy, if it's last night, James Harden, you absolutely can beat them. And I think they're going to attack Tyler Hero. That would be my guess uh, from an offensive perspective. You're going to go after him and, and Duncan Robinson. They're going to be the guys you target. Now, Spolster's a really good coach, so he'll counter that. But that's what I would try to do early would be attack those two guys on from an offensive perspective. What are you going to do with Autobio and, and Butler? The way Jimmy Butler's playing right now? Yeah. What are you going to do with those guys? No, I mean, th- well, let me throw one more thing in there. Lowry, if he can't go, that's yeah. a game changer in this series too. Yeah, yeah. but I, I just don't see who we going who we have for Victor Oladipo, man. You know, he's a problem. Oh, oh. And that, and that that's I think he'll be the biggest problem because you know, well, well, you know, I don't know because you know it's not like we're going north of the border, so we'll have everybody available, and you might be able to put what's his name on him, but um, Thibault. you know, Thibel on him, but you know. Harris is playing pretty good ball. I mean, you know, uh, would you gonna put Green on on, on Tyler Hero? You know, I mean, um, I mean, you I might. Just, yeah, you might. I mean, it's possible. Or Duncan Robinson, it's possible. Right, right. So I, it's I, it's gonna be a great matchup. I mean, I, I just need I just need for Harden to take that game to another level, man. I I need Harden to understand that this is win or go home. This is the playoffs. You can't take nights off. 
You can't play with, you know, lax effort. It's got to be max effort every single play. And that's, and that's everybody that, and especially Embiid. Embiid can't take a night off where he's just going, I'm, I'm just going to, I'm just going to, you know, take oh, this here we game, go. game off. Here we go. We'll take this game off and uh, we'll come back next week and, and play pretty well. You better hope Joel doesn't hear you saying I'm that. I'm telling you, stuff. Joel, that was Barrett. Leave Derek and I out. Yes, this, yes. Bro, you think I'm scared, bro? <laughs> you know uh, what I'm saying? I'm, no. I'm pretty good. I'm, I'm, I'm a pretty big guy, too, man. You know what I'm yeah. saying? You know? That's a good point. But, I mean, he's a nice guy, bro. I'm a nice guy. So, you know. Yeah, but, you, but you're, like, nice you're like 20 years older than oh. him, man. You don't move like. No, I'm serious. You, true. You don't move. You know, you your bones, you're not, your muscles not as elastic as they used to be. You're absolutely right, bro. You're absolutely right, man. He, he would you get know. me right now, bro. So you, I just, go, I just, you go down and try to hit him with that shoulder. You might like, oh, my back. Oh. So, meanwhile, he's pounding on your head. Just Barrett, you talk about me. Keep talking. <laughs> I'm going to grab him. I'm out of breath now. Let's stop. <laughs> We're done, right? We're good. You good? Be you good? I'm good. Be good. We're my inhaler. <laughs> oh, God. All right. So a draft tonight, 51. Uh, is, is where and again starts at seven, so an hour earlier than than everything started last night. Uh, we got a seven o'clock start. Fifty one is where the Eagles will be selection right now. That's their only pick in the third round. I, you know, I know Jeff McLean earlier threw out uh, Ajabu as, as a possibility, the uh, the defensive end from Michigan that tore the Achilles. I find that really interesting. I got to tell you, I don't think ultimately that's where it ends up going, but I do find that. Very intriguing. Say you can get that guy back like mid-year, a double-digit sack guy this past season. That would be fascinating. Man. Oh, one can dream. A man yeah. can dream. Yeah, man, yeah. I, I, I don't know, man. I, I, I'm just curious. I, yeah. Howie has got me to a point where I just want to see what, what wheel is spinning and what he comes up with. You just said, well, you know, he's got one pick in the, what, third round tonight? Yeah. Yep. Is it, what one in the second? One in the second, one in the third? I believe yep. it is. One in the second, one yeah. in the third. Yeah, hold on, I have it. One in the second, one in the third, and then yes. the fourth and the fifth. Yes. How is how, yeah, how is got how yeah, is 51 got me and 83, Derek? Okay. 51 and 83 overall. He's just got me to the point now. I'm gonna see what he does. Not so much a drafting of a player, but if he can find a way to wheel and deal or move up if he wants to, where's he going to get the capital from? I don't think he wants to tap into 2023's no. capital. I don't see that. I don't see a move up and giving things up. And maybe no, move back, no. not up. Hey, this one guy, Kevin, said, Barrett has older knuckles. <laughs> <laughs> it might hurt more. Kevin Savard, <laughs> Barrett has older knuckles. <laughs> oh, true. man. Uh, but the guy Adam said, "Yeah, but but can he weld, D gun? How does Adam know you can weld, bro? I do it all, man. He does it all, man. Oh no, oh no. Oh, you oh. make you make furniture too, right? I do it all, bro. I do it all. He's like you know, he's like just... people, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm cheap, man. I don't want to pay anybody to do it, bro. That's what it is, man. You got to pay people to do stuff, and they charge too much, man. You know." I gotta, I gotta do a lot of stuff, bro. I yeah, but when, no you, but when you do it, it looks good. If I do something that's like leaning this way, or you know, it's like, and I'm sitting there going, I just wasted four hours of my time. I'm never gonna get back. You know what I'm the king of? I am the what? king of like, you get something from IKEA, you put it oh, together, and I'm like, oh, there's, there's a, it's all done, but there's a whole bag of screws here. <laughs> And I'm like, what, what are these? What are these for? <laughs> and then, and then like, I'm talking like the, the desk that my my computer sits on right now. 
I, I put together. Okay. And when I finished, there were several screws and washers and other things. Oh my God. That were still available. You know, they give you like one or two in case something happens. Yes. yes. I don't have one or two. I have <laughs> 10 or 20. And then, then you're just waiting. Like it's only a matter of time before the thing breaks or falls down or falls apart. Like that's generally the way it is. Like I figure, all right, it's sustainable for, for a couple of weeks and I'll, we'll get by. And then I just throw out the bag of screws. Cause I don't want anybody to know you throw it out oh, yeah, or I hide it. Yeah. I know because my wife is you. Yeah. So I'll usually finish and I'm like, Oh God. And I get this like, like anxiety attack. And then I go hide it somewhere. I'm like a dog. I like bury it somewhere where, where nobody could find it. Dude, let me tell you something. Um, I love I love putting stuff together, like cabinets, desks, stuff like that. But I've gotten spoiled, you know, and especially with IKEA stuff. You look at the pictures, you turn it this way. Yeah. This way. And they hardly give you any directions, by no, the way. They don't give you words. No, I want I want it like to a T, exactly what I need to do. And, and then some of the some of the times you buy stuff from IKEA, the, the pictures they give you is grainy. Right. So now you're trying to figure out you get 10 different size screws, and you're wondering, is it this one or this yeah. one? Because some of them are so close to measurement. So, see, I love putting stuff like that together. But, see, I've gotten spoiled in recent years because I have a son-in-law. I call him I call him McIver. He just likes to push <laughs> my, my son-in-law, Alex. He loves this stuff. So when I get frustrated right away before I figure it out, Alex, call him like this, right? <laughs> he comes running, and I'll watch and I'll fake like I'm helping him. Oh, yeah, yeah I'll, I'll hold this for you. You, you do this. He he does it, and my wife, he gets all the praise, of course, which of right course. so he should. But yeah, I, I, so I tap it. I tap it. It's called tapping in the resource. So Rob, you need to find you a resource you can tap into. It's but funny. I, my son is very handy. My yeah. wife is very handy. You, okay. Generally, she's the one who I just turn these things over to and, and just let her, you know, let her take the reins, man. Usually, but the problem is if nobody's here and it's got to get done. Yeah, then I'm involved, which is that is is bad news for everybody. Because you're soft. You've been in TV too long, man. I am soft. I get a list though. This is this is a country mile long, man. I mean, and 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 yeah, but that's the problem, Barrett. Because you're good at it and handy, you get taken advantage of. Like they know not to bring me anything. (laughs) Nobody gets anywhere near me with anything. Like they know that. So in that sense, it's kind of worked out for me. You know what I mean? Bro, I I get it all the time, and I I I, man, my list, man, like. My daughter's car broke down, oh. and she blew the motor in it. Oh, oh no! So, so of course I went out and I. She has it's a just number to Jeep Liberty, and I go to get a motor. You know how much is a motor? Motor's seventeen hundred bucks. A used one? Guy, yeah, a used one? yeah, yeah. Another guy got one for twenty one hundred bucks. I'm like, this is a Jeep. Chrysler motor. I mean, it's nothing. I mean, it's yeah. same. the same motor in a minivan. They want all this money for it. Right. So, of course, I go on Facebook Marketplace and I see the same car with a working motor in it for, for $700. Of course. Mm. So, I'll go buy it for 700 bucks. All I got to do is take that motor and put the other motor in. Smart, man. It would take me a day to put take it out and a day to put it back in. But where am I going to get these days because we've had the draft? Yeah, good point. Yeah. Yeah, and what do you do? You have a winch to lift the motor up to, to, to drop it yeah. down in there. Yeah, I got. You a, have all that stuff. Got a cherry picker. Yeah, I got a cherry picker. You have one of those? Yeah, I got a cherry picker. I also got a winch that you know that I can pull it into my car, and it's winch to you know it's off the ceiling. It'll it'll pull it up. Also, it can it can lift up to like. What do you have? Uh, industri- industrial strength garage or something? No, I got a messy 
cluttered garage. That's what I have. Yeah, I hear you. <laughs> now here comes all the shrapnel. Here, here it comes. Go. Rob, yeah. did you have the Fisher Price tool That's set right. for second? Here, <laughs> here it comes. There it is. Okay. <laughs> Yep. Oh, I hear you. All right. No, so guys, what, what a week, man. It, it's been a fun week for us, you, you know, capped off by, uh, by today and yesterday was a blast down at ocean casino resort and top golf. It was, it was a phenomenal, phenomenal time. Had Great, by all. Yeah. Great job out of our crew. Don't, don't think you can just get away with that. I, I'm, I'm still scarred by this. Okay. I'm still scarred by that. You know what? what? <laughs> Kelly, Kelly C man. It's our girl. I, I had nothing to do with that. It's our girl. <laughs> Uh, all right, so Big Sills coming up, uh, the National Football Show, uh, and, and later on tonight for the uh, for the second round, we got our crew down there at Osh Casino Resort. You got Devin Caney, Mark Farzetta, yeah. and G Cobb. Yeah. So you want to tune in at that time, seven o'clock. They will be delivering you exactly what's going down from an Eagles perspective and what's happening in the second and third round. Great job out of Xander Kraus, our producer, Big Krause, doing all the work uh, over the last couple of days behind the scenes. Uh, Derek, it was it was great. We're looking forward to Monday, twelve o'clock. Yes, Have sir. a great weekend. Same you to you, Barrett. Yep. Uh, as always, and everybody, be safe out there. Keep telling your friends about the show, man, because we are just going to keep cranking them out, and it's going to be better and better and better. Sports Take, Jacob Media, YouTube Network. Have a great weekend, everybody. Go for the midnight tears. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resorts. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. All right, did you know I was the Mommy Slam Dunk Champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really. Don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, go to left. Thank you, Mama. Mama, go. Oh, mama. She did it. Again. You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh huh. On the field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. following is a real testimonial from the father of a young injured victim. I didn't think she was going to make it. Major Perry's daughter was the victim of a horrific accident caused by someone else's negligence. If you don't find the right counselor, law firm that you're looking for, you will get lost in the wilderness. Badly injured? Call the Fritz and Bianculli Law Firm at 215-458-2222 and find out why they say, we got this.
At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.